Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Uptime Community. We're so glad that you could join us live today. And today's date is October 31st in the year of our Lord, 2023. I'm Greg Messina. And if you are new here, we are a community of believers that are actively studying the Holy Bible and looking forward to that glorious appearing of our Lord and Savior, Jesus, the Christ, the way, the truth, the life. We want to make this an interactive forum. So we do welcome your questions and your comments tonight. If you don't know who Jesus is, we do encourage you to get to know him today. I do have to give you the bad news first. Here's the bad news. We're all sinners. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. We all deserve eternal separation from God and his blessings. The good news is our debt or sins have been fully paid for by the finished work of Jesus Christ on that cross at Calvary. He shed his blood for our sins, died, was buried, and was the only person who has risen in a fully glorified body on the third day. If you believe that this has happened, placing your trust in that blood of Jesus, in the blood of Jesus, you are saved from eternal eternal damnation. And uh, you can see the the gospel in 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. Um, It is by the heart that we believe, Romans 10, 9. And you will begin to start wanting to live for him, not for the world. As scripture states, we become ambassadors for Christ. Isn't that an amazing thing? Thank you, Lord. Today, we welcome back missionary evangelist Robert Breaker back on Uptime. We're very excited to have him back on with us. Uh, He has a lot to discuss, especially with what's going on in the uh, war in Israel. And um, uh, certainly, we are going to be um, going through the entire uh, aspect of that. It's going to be a quick two hours, I believe. So hang tight, folks. Um, If you have questions, please uh, try to leave them till the end. Uh, but uh, actually, if you want to put in your questions, your comments, you can do that. But we're going to leave the questions to the end, and we appreciate that. We thank you and appreciate your patience. So uh, tonight, before we bring Robert Breaker back on, uh, we bring back uh, Brother Bob. And Brother Bob, welcome yep, back. I'm here. Bob Barber. Yep. God bless you, brother. Thanks for coming back on. Glad to have you on. I'm glad to be back here as well. And, of course, we have Brother Kevin Hookman. Hey, how's it going, Greg? You got me. All right. <laughs> uh-huh, I got you. Glad to be back and uh, yeah, glad see. to see you back as well. Yeah, getting back into the swing of things. Nice. And, of course, Brother Michael. Michael Pelt. Hey, God bless you guys. So great to see you all. So great to see you, Bob, Kevin, John, yep. and Greg is back in the house. God He's bless you. So, uh, and of course, we have the watchdog, Brother John L. Fortier. Good evening, everyone. I'm so glad to be here tonight with that uh, guest that we have and all the people. That's going to be a fast two hours for sure. Hang tight. Amen. Hang tight. All right, folks. uh, We have verse of the day from BibleGateway.com that's up right now. Uh, They have put 1 Peter 5, 8 through 9. Interesting one. Be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, goes was, uh, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking who he may devour, whom resists steadfast, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. All right. Well, we're gonna um, we're gonna bring uh, missionary evangelist Robert Breaker on. But uh, as it stands, today is the thirty first of October. And uh, we know that this is not uh, a holiday uh, that we we celebrate as believers, okay? 
Um, I don't know if anyone, any one of you want to touch upon that uh, briefly before we bring on brother Robert. Why, why don't we uh, celebrate yeah. this day? It's um, actually, I think it's kind of interesting. The verse of the day it happens to be first Peter five, eight through nine. Cause I think it's very fitting for today, but um, why would, I mean, there's many reasons I think why we would not celebrate such a festival as this, because it is known actually, as, it was a Celtic festival, um, Samhain, and it was a pagan, a pagan celebration that bring in the end of the harvest and they would supposedly dress up in order to ward off evil spirits. But um, really we know this is a very demonic day. It's a celebration of death and death worship. And it's something we definitely have no part of because those who love death hate God. So that's completely incompatible with us as the body of Christ. And uh, because we, we love life and we love God. So this is so interesting, though, because when we see this, uh, it's, I, it's something that strikes me personally about it is the fact that they want to dress up as something else, as in if they were not pleased with what God has already given them. So that's just kind of my two cents on it. But I know Brother Bob has something also interesting to add. Yeah, I actually had uh, saw something the Lord showed me today about Halloween and what happened here. In fact, it happened across the country. Uh, basically, the Bible talks about in Isaiah one eighteen, Psalm fifty one seven, where the Lord makes our sin; He cleans us as white as snow. Okay, and what happened? A blizzard just roared across this country, and basically, the Lord showed me is this corporate sin of ignorance is taking place in this country, and He just showed, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna forgive through my blood those who are going to believe," and He did it. I mean, it wasn't like he's forgiven Halloween, but he's showing like this day of evil shows up and it's the first blizzard of the year. And I mean, it was like the middle of January outside my house today. It was so bad. And I was like, there ain't nobody going out in this because it's just so much. It was so, the, the snow was so thick. The flakes were so big and it was like blowing sideways. It was just dumping and dumping wow. and dumping. And by the time it was done, it was just, white everywhere but that but that like i said the lord showed me that corporate forgiveness his grace is is upon his people his land okay he will forgive those who celebrate halloween it's not it's not advantageous to celebrate halloween even though people believers do it because their kids like getting the candy i guess but uh i just thought uh, just thought it was interesting how that's how that uh Big blizzard came roaring through here in the mm. Midwest. I don't know if you guys saw that it is, down there. That is yeah, uh, you know, I live in the southern part of Indiana, like literally at the border practically. And uh, we didn't get the, the weather. What It got extremely cold, which for me was good because I did some outside stuff today and I get hot. So I was like, thank you, Jesus. But thank you, Jesus, even more so because, yeah, there's no one out here. Not as far as I can see from east to west. There's yeah. no one dressed up. There's no one going out. It so. limited, didn't it? Yeah. It, lim it limited the whole perfect. activity. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. It just limited everything. I, I barely saw anybody out there. I was like, praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. God knew how to take care of that. Amen. The sadness of this uh, so-called uh, holiday is uh is that they use the kids the children 
And who was using the children to go through the fire in the Old Testament? The Jews were. Baal worship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It is sad to see that these kids are being used because the young, the very young ones are disguised and all kinds of stuff and they don't even know what's going on. All they want is the candies, right? So they yeah. don't, they're not aware of what's happening. The adult are making this happen. And that's the sadness for me. You know, what also comes to mind just to throw this out there as we were saying that it's the, uh, it almost makes me feel like how we want to be found right. Clothed in the righteousness of God. They're choosing a clothing of unrighteousness and Satan. Uh, so I don't, yeah, just, just came to me. So I just want to share that. <laughs> Amen. Very true. It's a pagan holiday, uh, and it's the one year you, you one point of the year or one one area of the year you don't want to be mixing with something that is of the devil, right? Uh, there's a lot of stuff that people don't see. They think it's just about getting candy and dressing up. There's a lot more to it, folks, and uh, we're not going to get heavy into it. But we do suggest you do your own research, dig into it a little bit more, and realize how this could be affecting your relationship with the Lord, how it could affect how he uh, looks at you, basically just intermingling with the demonic on one one day of the year. Um, just keep that in mind, all right? Now, uh, there are going to be people who say, all right, this is not something that is going to be that that bad I, I don't see it as being a, a major thing but we don't see actually what's going on in the spiritual realm if we did i think we would think a lot differently wouldn't we we probably yeah. would yes, yes. We probably definitely yes. would i don't even think it would be a question it would be yeah. absolutely seen differently so um with that uh kevin did you have any last words on that topic before we bring on our our guest no Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. So without further ado, I do bring on Brother Robert Breaker, missionary evangelist, Pastor Breaker. Welcome back, brother. Hello, everybody. Good That's to be here. Good to have you on. Yeah, well, Hello, sir. It's a good you thing nothing's happened brain? since the last time you've been on, Robert. So, I mean, oh, we yeah. don't have much to discuss. <laughs> I've been traveling a lot, and I've been going all over the place, so... Uh, this worked out perfectly because people were asking me to talk about this, and I just haven't had the time, so it worked out great. So I'm anxious Amen. to get started on this today. We're going to be looking at Israel, yeah. and uh, there's so many people in the world that don't understand what's happening, and they think Israel is the bad guy, and yet they don't understand who who gave them the land, how long they've owned the land. They don't they don't know anything. Their their worldview is. Israel's trying to hurt bad people, and those people came across the border and hurt them. So what is all this? That's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to go through pretty much the briefly, as quickly as possible, the history of Israel, and hopefully people will see what's really going on, because the news media is not going to tell you what's really going on. The news media does not believe in this right here. They don't believe in the Bible, so they're not going to give you the biblical worldview of how God views this whole situation, they're going to give you what basically what the party line told them to tell. 
And um, we know what this is. We know uh, someone sent me an email today. And in, back in 2000 something, when George Bush Jr. was the, the president, he said something to the effect of, it's all about the money. And sometimes when people want money and they can only get it through war, that's why war comes. So a lot of this has to do with money and, uh, and this war in Israel. So without further ado, we're going to get started with some verses here today. And uh, someone was just reminded me in the comments, I did a video about the Revelation 12 sign coming again. And I said, I don't know what it marks, but I know it's going to be something for Israel. And boom, here this happens. So I'm not going to pat myself on the back and say, I told you so, you know, but <laughs> it's not hard to read your Bible and realize that signs are Amen. for the truth. And so this is amazing how this is all coming together. And as we get into this Bible study today, it, only God can be behind all this is the only way to look at this. This proves the existence of God. And watching the news over the last couple of weeks, how many times they reference the Bible, you know, over there in Israel and this place where it's mentioned in the Bible. And it's just they keep saying Bible, Bible. And it's all because this is all tying into the Bible. So. Who are the Jews? A lot of people in this world are very anti-Semitic. They don't like the Jews. But Deuteronomy 7, 6, the Bible says, For thou art unholy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people unto himself above all people that are upon the face of the earth. So the Bible clearly teaches that God himself in heaven chose the people of Israel, the Jews, to be his chosen people. Now, you know, they're the chosen people of the Old Testament. We're the chosen people of the New Testament. New Testament. But still, God is not done with those Jews. And we know that. We know our Bible. So let's go to the next verse here. I sent, I sent a list of verses to Brother Greg to put up here so we can get through this. Um, Deuteronomy 14, 2. Now, remember, they're a chosen people. But notice what it also says. For thou art a holy people unto the Lord thy God, and the Lord hath chosen thee to be a peculiar people unto himself, above all the nations that are upon the earth. So they're not just a chosen people, they're a chosen nation. And one of the greatest miracles in the history of the world is 1948. Israel became a nation again. That is proving Bible prophecy. That All these people that believe in replacement theology, and that was for many years, God replaced the Jews with the church and God's done with the Jews. You can't argue with the fact that they're a nation again. I mean, and they've been a nation for over 70 years now. So God has chosen Israel. So as we look at the conflict over there and we look at this Middle Eastern thing, we've got to look at it from a Christian viewpoint. These are God's people and he's not forgotten them. So to be against the Jews or to be against the nation of Israel is to be against who? God. Mm -hmm. That's a scary thing to be against the creator of the universe. Mm -hmm. So we're going to look at the verses in the Bible and see what it says. What's the next verse here? I think it's 2 Chronicles chapter 6 and verse 6. God says this. So they're a holy people. They're a holy nation. There's also a holy city, and that's the city of Jerusalem. And that's what's amazing to me. It's called the Holy Land. All that over there is called the Holy Land. But that city is holy to God, and that's the one place on earth that God cares more about than anywhere else. That's that's incredible. I and mean, you've got Muslim, Christians and Jews, three different calling themselves religions, all looking at that one place. Why is that? Well, Second Chronicles 6, 6 says, but I have chosen Jerusalem that my name might be there. And I have chosen David to be over my people, Israel. So God chose Jerusalem for his name to be there. And I'm sure Bob knows all about this on the map. It, it has a shape of the valleys and it spells out a Hebrew word. 
And it's just amazing how God's name is literally there in his eyes, from his viewpoint, looking down from heaven, he sees a letter there. But uh, also that's where the true God is. And if you study mm-hmm. archaeology, there were many different peoples, but they all had many gods. The only nation ever basically in the history of the world that had a one God set up, one, one God and not many gods, was Israel. And so that's amazing. So the next verse talks about a man, and this takes us back almost 4,000 years ago. So when we're talking about Israel, we're talking about Jews, we're talking about people that have a just huge history that goes back over 4,000 years. And the Bible is a deed book. And it's the book that tells you that the land belongs to Israel. And it's a historical record, 4,000 years old, that that land belongs to the Jews. And if you understand that, then you, you can't argue with it. And yet that's the argument today. That's why there is war, because they want the Jews to leave the land. But God said, no, that I gave it to them. So that's what this whole issue is about. So Genesis 12, verse 1 through 3. Now the Lord had said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee, and will make of thee a great what? Nation. So it's all about that nation. And I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So here's something too. If you curse a Jew, God's going to curse you. If you bless a Jew, God's going to bless you. So that's something to think about too. Before you pick a side, many people are all free Palestine, free Palestine. And they're, you better make sure which side you're picking. Are you picking the side of God? Or are you picking somebody who's against God? Let's go to the next one. But mm-hmm. that verse tells us about a man named Abram, who's later, his name is Abraham. And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land, and there buildeth he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. So God told a man about, this guy lived about 2,000 years before Christ, so that's almost 4,000 years ago. I'm going to give you a land, and I'm going to give it to your seed. So that's his offspring. All right, let's go to the next verse. I'm going to get through these quickly because I want this to be interactive once we get done with this because we're going to be bringing up more. We're going to be talking now about the history. Then we'll be talking about are there verses in the Bible that apply to right now? And then we're going to talk about, now look at the future, what's going to happen. And what's amazing is we know the future because we know the Bible. And we're seeing it come to pass. But we ought to, we've got to go back to this. And it says in Genesis 13, 14 through 15, And the Lord said unto Abram, after that lot was separated from him, Lift up now thine eyes, and look from the place where thou art northward, and southward, and eastward, and westward. For all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed forever. So a promise from the creator to one man, to his seed, this land belongs to him. Now let's go to the next verse. And we're going to get into this because there's a lot of people that say, oh, Father Abraham. So you've got the Arabs that say we come from Abraham. You've got the Jews that say we come from Abraham. Well, we're going to get to that because Abraham had a son who had a son who had sons. And God said to those guys, I give the land, not these other guys. And that's why you need the Bible to be able to read it and understand it. Because it says in Genesis 17, 7 to 8, to 8, And I will establish my covenant between me and, thy, and thee and thy seed after thee and their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. And I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee the land wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. Now, does everlasting mean everlasting? Or did God say, well, I said that 4,000 years ago, but I only meant, you know, for a couple thousand years. No, he meant forever 
that is going to be your land. That mm -hmm. is key. That is essential. That cannot be argued. That is documented evidence from 4,000 years ago, a deed to the land, to this guy and to his descendants. Okay. So that, how do you argue with that? But yet the United Nations wants to argue with that, don't they? <laughs> so yeah. let's continue the next verse here. This is Genesis 17. And Abram said unto God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. Okay, so he had a son named Ishmael. Well, he jumped the gun. God gave him a promise of a son, and he didn't think that he would have that son. So he went and he slept with his handmaid and had a son named Ishmael. But God said, No, 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 I'm going to give you another son named Isaac. And through Isaac, I will give you the promise of the land, not through Ishmael. So it says, continuing there, and God said, Sarah, thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed, and thou shalt call his name Isaac, which, by the way, means laughter. Because later in the Bible, you read that when God said that, she laughed. <laughs> well, she's 90 years old. I probably would have laughed, too. That's why. I'm here. <laughs> I don't know where that's coming from. But she had a baby at 90 years. Well, maybe that was laughter. Was that supposed to be laughter in the background? <laughs> okay. And God said, Sarah, thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed, and thou shalt call his name Isaac. And I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his seed after him. Now, it doesn't get more plainer than that, right? Everlasting, forever. God wants this people to own that land. And he continues there saying what he's going to do with Ishmael. And Ishmael is going to be a prince. So he's going to have a nation as well, it says there. But it's not the land of Canaan. It's different areas. But I will establish, it says, my covenant will I establish with Isaac, which Sarah shall bear unto thee at this set time in the next year. Let's go to the next one. And Isaac called Jacob and blessed him and charged him and said to him, thou shalt not take a wife of the daughters of Canaan. So this guy, um, Isaac, had a son named Jacob. Arise, go to Padan Aram, to the house of Bethaul, thy mother's father, and take thee a wife from thence of the daughters of Laban, thy mother's brother. And God Almighty bless thee and make thee fruitful and multiply thee, that thou mayest be a multitude of people. And give thee the blessing of Abraham to thee and to thy seed with thee, that thou mayest inherit the land wherein thou art a stranger, which God gave unto Abraham. Now, you know your Bible. You know that he had a brother named Esau. All right. So here's Abraham. Here's the two sons, Ishmael and Isaac. God said to Isaac, not Ishmael. Ishmael is what became the Arabs in that area. And then that guy, Isaac, had a son, and he had two sons. One was Esau, and one was uh, Jacob. God says, to Jacob, I give the land, not to Esau. Did you know Esau intermarried with Ishmael? So in the Middle East today, we have Jews, and we have others who claim to be of Abraham, but they're from another mother. They're not from the line that God said, this is the seed. They are a foreign seed. And the Bible says he did not give the land to them. So we see all over America and even in England and Europe and other places, all these people running around, free Palestine, free Palestine. Do they understand that they're going against the Bible and going against what God said? Because that's what they're doing. God said through this lineage, not through that one over there. So continue here. And if only people, you know, they used to teach this in schools in America, and they used to teach this in churches, maybe because of uh, apostasy. We're not seeing this, but this is what the Bible says. Um, let's see. We need to go to the next verse, I believe. What's the next one here? Genesis twenty-eight thirteen. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father, and the God of Isaac. The land wherein thou liest, I will give it, I will, will I give it into thy seed. 
to thee will I give it and to thy seed. And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west, to the east, and to the north, and to the south. And in thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. So that promise of the land to his seed, that's Jacob. Next verse. Let's see. And then it says here in Genesis 35, And God said unto him, Thy name is Jacob. Thy name shall not be called anymore Jacob, but Israel shall be thy name. And he called his name Israel. That's where we get the word Israel from. And I, I forgot what Israel means. I think I wrote it down here somewhere. But I think Israel means a prince, right? If I remember, a prince among men is what the word Israel means. Um, but it says, And God said unto him, I am God Almighty. All right. Wow. The creator. Be fruitful and multiply, a nation and a company of nations shall be of thee, and kings shall come out of thy loins. And the land which I gave Abraham and Isaac, to thee I will give it, and to thy seed after thee will I give the land. All right, let's go to the next one. So that his name is Israel. And Jacob said unto Joseph, God Almighty appeared unto me at Luz, in the land of Canaan, and blessed me, and said unto me, Behold, I will make thee fruitful and multiply thee, and I will make of thee a multitude of people, and I will give this land to thy seed after thee for an everlasting possession. And see, we're not just being dogmatic as Christians. We're just reading a 4,000-year-old document that is very dogmatic. Everlasting possession means that land is theirs forever. How does anyone argue with that? But most of the United Nations, many of them are Arab nations, and they say, no, we don't like what that says. We're the sons of Abraham, but through the other lineage, we think it's ours. Well, who are they arguing with? I mean, it's it's not brain. It's not rocket science. You know, it's just reading what God says. And uh, here's Genesis 15. And it says, and he said unto Abram, know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in the land that is not theirs and shall serve them and they shall afflict them 400 years. And also that nation whom they shall serve will I judge. And afterwards shall they come out with great, sub, great substance. And thou shalt go to thy fathers in peace. Thou shalt be buried in a good old age. But in the fourth generation, they shall come hither again, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. So God tells him this is their land, but something happened, and for 400 years, they didn't get to live there. During that 400 years, whose land was it? It was still theirs. And then they came out of Egypt and took that land over. And they had a right to it because the owner of it gave them to it, gave it to them. Okay, now let's go to the next one here. Um, let's see, we're in Jeremiah right now, Jeremiah chapter 30. So we, we skipped over a couple of, of my notes here. So let's just go that. So this was them leaving at the Exodus, right? That took place about 1400 something BC. And they came out of Egypt. They went into the land. They entered the land with Joshua and they took it over through military conquest. Now, people say, well, that was evil. They, they, they attacked and invaded and took over the land. No, they simply took what God gave them. There was somebody else that was illegally occupying it, if you believe the Bible. So God gave them that land. They took over that land and they lived there for many years until about 500 to 600 B.C. When they turned against God and they went into captivity to Babylon for 70 years. Now, did God say in the Bible, all right, it's no longer your land. If God would have said that, God would be a liar because he said an everlasting possession, right? So what happened? God brought them out. And there was a prophecy where God said he would bring him back. And here it is in Jeremiah chapter 30 and verse 3. For lo, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will bring again the captivity of my people Israel and Judah, saith the Lord, and I will cause them to return to the land that I gave to their fathers and they shall possess it. 
And we know that's what happened. They came back in the land in, I'm not going to give the exact date, but it was around 400 BC. And then from then we see things going on and then Jesus showing up in about 33 AD. And they're there in their land until about 70 AD when Rome destroys Israel. And now they're dispersed throughout the whole earth for guess how long? About 2,000 years. And we, we, I didn't write down Hosea chapter 6, but for those who want to look it up, Hosea chapter 6, verse 1 and 2, God says after two days, he'll go back to dealing with them. And a day with the Lord is a thousand years, a thousand years is one day. So we see they're dispersed on the earth for 2,000 years. They don't have that land. Now, the world looks at that and says, well, then it's ours now. God said, no, no, I'm not done with them. I said that's their everlasting possession. It's kind of like this. My parents and my grandparents build a house. I have the deed to that house and I go away on vacation. I come back and somebody else is living in my house. Is it their house or do I have the documentation and I have the right? And even the king is on my side saying, no, that's that's your house. Get them out of there. They should leave because that belongs to me. So that belongs to Israel. Now, I think is Ezekiel the next one. Yeah, Ezekiel. So let's read a couple more verses about a prophecy of after Israel being dispersed among the nations for 2,000 years of them coming back. And this is Ezekiel 36, 24. What we're doing is we're showing you in the Bible, God gave the Jews that nation for the last 4,000 years. Sure, they've had to leave from time to time, but God has told them, I want you there because I've given you this land. So it says, for I will take you from among the heathen and gather you out of all countries and will bring you into your own land. Then I will sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean from all your filthiness or from all your idols will I cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you shall keep my judgments and do them. Now watch this verse. And ye shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers, and ye shall be my people, and I will be your God. And that's what happened. 1948, they came back to the land. Amen. God did that, mm-hmm. allowing Amen. them to go back to their yep. land. What's the next verse there? Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 23 is another one. And I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all countries. And by the way, they were in all different countries. They had fled from Israel. There were Jews all over Europe and other places. In 1492, Europe said, we don't want the Jews. And they cast them out and they were expulsed. So they had to live for 2,000 years, all over among the heathen. And the Bible says, I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all countries, whether I've driven them, and will bring them again to their folds, and they shall be fruitful and increase. And I will set up shepherds over them, which shall feed them, and they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed. Neither shall they be lacking, saith the Lord. If you've ever been to Israel, wow. Man, they've taken the desert and turned it into like the most productive, amazing place. They lack nothing. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I'll raise unto David a righteous branch, and a king shall reign and prosper, and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. Here's Jesus coming, and he's going to reign in, in the millennial kingdom. In his days, Judah shall be saved, and Israel shall dwell safely. And this is his name, whereby he shall be called the Lord our righteousness. Therefore, behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that they shall no more say, The Lord liveth, which brought up the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt, but the Lord liveth, which brought up and which led the seed of the house of Israel out of the north country and from all countries whither I had driven them, and they shall dwell in their own land. Whose land? Their own land. How does the United Nations 
how can they side against Israel on anything? If you go by the Bible, this is their land. And the United Nations has no right to tell them what to do. It's their land. So they're dispersed for about 2,000 years. And then, you know, the old saying is World War I was to prepare the land for the Jews. World War II was to prepare the Jews for the land. They began to go back. But in World War I, there was the Balfour, Balfour Declaration in 1917. And in about 1947, after World War II, they began to return. And enough mm-hmm. of them returned in 1948 to declare themselves a nation. And so they became a nation. And 70 years later, incredible, because there was that captivity for seven years, you know, back there in Babylon. Um, a guy named Trump comes in and he recognizes Jerusalem as their capital. Well, that's the city that God said was, was his city. So the Jews have a right to that land. It belongs to them. Now, if you listen to the world, and many of your colleges teach this, they teach, no, Israel's the bad guy, and they don't deserve that land. That land belonged to other people, and they came in and took it over, and they call them colonialists. And there's a teaching today called anti-colonialism, and that's what's taught in many, many colleges, and that's why a lot of people in college, young people, are against Israel. Because they think Israel came in there and took over the land and that they're the bad guy because that land belonged to someone else. If only they'd read the Bible. <laughs> it's not any colonialism. The colonialists are the other people that are trying to move in there. And so what happens next? Well, in 1967, there's the Six Days War. And guess what? After that war where they were attacked by people that I would call terrorists trying to kick them out of the land, they gained more land. Wow. And it's called the Six Days War because on the seventh day, they rest. God allowed them to win that war in six days so they could still keep the Sabbath and go rest at the end of it. I find that I find that amazing. That has to be God saying, look, I'm still with you. I haven't forgotten you. Well, in 1973, there was the Yom Kippur War that came upon one of their holy days. And they got some of their land back and some other things. And they lived in relative peace until about 50 years later. Now, guess what? This war that started, has it been three weeks ago now? And by the way, there's October no name. Seven. I'm going to make the name up for this war. I'm hoping everybody in the news media listens and it starts saying what I say. I want to call this the Jubilee War. That's my nickname for it. That's, hopefully that'll catch on. But this thing started exactly 50 years after the Yom Kippur War. Now, why is that important? Because if you know your Old Testament and you know your Bible, that's a Jubilee And what are they supposed to get on the Jubilee? You get your land back. So I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but I'm starting to think if if the Jews are going to win this and probably get all of Gaza back, and that'll be all part of their land. And that would just be amazing because everything that they do against Israel doesn't prosper. And uh, it's amazing. So there's a lot of verses there, and it's just incredible what we're seeing and how it all ties back into the Bible. But in order to know what's really going on in this war in Israel is to know that God, the creator, said that land belongs to the Jews. So you've got to be on the side of Israel. Otherwise, you're on the side that's against God in the Bible. Now, there's a little bit more, and then I want to get your guys' take on this, too. So this is the history of Israel. Now, I want also in the comments people to to say, hey, Brother Breaker, what about this verse? A lot of people are reading the Bible, and they see the history. But we're reading it now saying, hey, is what's happening now, is that in the scripture? And there's some verses on that as well. And that's kind of cool. 
but we also want to talk about what about what happens next. So I got up to this point. I just have a few more things to say. And then I want you guys to help me here because that's where I didn't write a lot of notes because I'm I know you guys will help with some verses as well. But um, in the Bible, um, well, first of all, it's called the land of Palestine. And the reason they they call it the name Palestine, because there was a Roman leader many years ago that didn't like the Jews. So rather than call it what all of history has called it, Israel, he called it Palestine because that's where the Philistines used to live. And that comes from Philistines. And so for many years, it was called the land of Palestine. But it's really the land of Israel. Now, I was in my travels and we went to uh, uh, Arkansas and we went to a antique store and I found this and I said, man, I got to buy this. This right here is a map of Israel. And this map was made in 1864, way before they became a nation again. And this map of Israel, actually, it says the map of Palestine or the Holy Land. It shows you the names of the 12 tribes of Israel. <laughs> so even back in 1864, whoever made this, mostly probably Christians, they said, hey, we look at that land as still belonging to Israel, as Israel's land, as the 12 tribes. So Amen. how interesting. Amen. And uh, so it's Amen. called the land of Palestine for many years. But everyone understood that that was still the Jews land. Mm-hmm. And uh, they knew it should have been called. Now, how did they get the modern borders of Israel? A guy named Winston Churchill was trying to get peace between the Arabs. And the Arabs said, we want part of the land. The Jews said, we want the land. He just went with a pencil all the way down of the Jordan River. And so he made the modern state of Jordan on one side and Israel on the other. So Churchill did that. He could have done so much more if he'd been a Christian, you know, and maybe helped the Jews. But uh, all the land belongs to Israel, according to the Bible. And that land is theirs, according to God and his word. Now, I think we have a couple more verses, right? So these are verses about the future history of Israel. The next one should be Deuteronomy 4. Is that there? Okay, yeah, we, we can skip Daniel chapter 9. Daniel chapter 9 just tells us about the prophecy of 490 years well, 483 took place. Jesus shows up. So there's still a future seven years, like I wrote up here, the tribulation period. So there's still a future seven years of prophecy for Israel that hasn't taken place yet. But in Deuteronomy chapter four, I find this amazing because God way back when, um, let's see, 1500 years and then another two, 3,500 years ago with Moses said, by the way, in the last days, <laughs> Can you imagine this is a 3,500-year-old prophecy, and it's to the Jews. And it says, when thou art in tribulation, and all these things are come upon thee, even in the latter days. That's where we are now. Mm-hmm. So the tribulation is close. If thou turn to the Lord thy God, and shall be obedient unto his voice. For the Lord thy God is merciful. He will not forsake thee, neither destroy thee, nor forget the covenant of thy fathers, which he swear unto them. That covenant was, I'm giving you the land. So God did not forsake them. They're in their land again. How, how do you doubt the Bible when you see that, a 3,500-year-old prophecy coming to pass? The next one should be Jeremiah chapter 30. And here talks about that seven-year tribulation, and the Bible calls it the time of Jacob's trouble. And we read there, For lo, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will bring again the captivity of my people Israel and Judah, saith the Lord, and I will cause them to return to the land that I gave to their fathers, and they shall possess that. We saw that in 1948. 
And these are the words that the Lord spake concerning Israel and concerning Judah. For he say, for thus saith the Lord, we have heard a voice of trembling, of fear, and, a, and not of peace. Ask ye now and see whether a man doth travail with child. Wherefore do I see every man with his hands on his loins as a woman in travail, and all faces are turned into paleness. Alas, for that day is great, so that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble, but he shall be saved out of it. So, amen. wow, that's amazing. Amen, amen. Now, I got Deuteronomy 30. I don't think we have there. So can you pull up Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 1 through 5? And um, Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 1 sure. through 5. Amazing, amazing. It's amazing how often it says in Deuteronomy, last days. So God has known that the Jews are going to sin and be put in captivity, but he knew he was going to let them back. And he never said, and you no longer have that land. He's always said, I'm going to follow through with my promise that that is an everlasting um, possession for you. So Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 1 through 5, if you can pull that up. And here we read Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 1. And it shall come to pass when all these things are come upon thee, the blessing and the curse which I have set before thee, and thou shalt call them to mind all the nations where the Lord thy God hath driven thee, and shall return to the Lord thy God, and shall obey his voice according to all that I command thee this day, thou and thy children, and with all thine heart and with all thy soul, that then the Lord thy God will turn thy captivity and have compassion upon thee, and will return and gather thee from all the nations whither the Lord thy God hath scattered thee. If any of thine be driven out into the uttermost parts of heaven, even if the Jews got on spaceships and went to other planets, God said he's going to let them come back. I find that amazing. It makes me think of that old Hollywood movie, Stargate, you know, huh? maybe those, I don't know. But anyway, and it says, um, if any of you driven out of the uttermost parts of heaven, from thence will the Lord thy God gather thee, and from thence will he fetch thee. And the Lord thy God will bring thee into the land which thy fathers possessed, and thou shalt possess it. And he will do thee good and multiply thee above thy fathers. So when you look at the Bible, it's very hard not to be on the side of the modern nation of Israel, seeing Mm -hmm. that as his nation. Now, are they good people? Probably not. They're sinners like everyone else. Uh, Jesus even said they're a stiff-necked people. But they're a people that he chose. And he has disciplined them over time, and he's going to discipline them again in that seven-year tribulation. And I don't have time to go into all those verses, but we know the tribulation seven years in the middle of that tribulation period, what happens? They have to flee because someone comes over in in battle and takes over Israel. And so those Jews have another three and a half years being in captivity in the wilderness. But let's look at Hosea chapter three, verse four through five. And then I've got just a couple of more and then we can uh, get into some cool verses here. But Hosea chapter three, verse four and five. Here we have again where it says the latter days. And uh, let's see, do I need to pull it up and read it, or can you get that? Hosea 3, 4 through 5. And in Hosea chapter 3, verse 4 through 5. I'm sorry, I should have sent you the rest of the verses. Hosea 3, 4 and 5, so it's just two verses. And it says, for the children of Israel, I've got it pulled up here. Hosea, Hosea 3, 4 and 5. For the children of Israel shall abide many days without a king. All right, you got it there? Yeah. Thou shalt not play the, uh, yeah, here we go. And without a king, without a prince, without a sacrifice, without an image, without an ephod, and without a teraphim. Afterwards shall the children of Israel return and seek the Lord their God and David their king, and shall fear the Lord and his goodness when? In the latter days. Now, that part hasn't happened yet. They've returned, but has all of Israel sought after Jesus Christ, (laughs) their Messiah? 
That's Amen. not quite happened yet. So that's going to be future at, at the um, tribulation. But they're they're in the land and they're about to rebuild their temple as well. And this we find in Zechariah chapter six. So let's go to Zechariah chapter six, getting a little harder to to pull up those verses, I guess. Zechariah chapter six, verse 12. And uh, I just want to give you this as a brief study because this is exciting because now we're going to get into verses of look what's happening in the news and then look at the Bible and it's starting to line up. That means we must be very close to that Daniel's um, 70th week, that time of Jacob's trouble. Zechariah 6, 12. And we're going to read all the way down to verse 15. Um, Zechariah, I've got it pulled up here too. Zechariah chapter 6 and verse 12 to 15. And speak unto him, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, Behold, the man whose name is the branch, and he shall grow up out of his place, and he shall build the temple of the Lord. Even he shall build the temple of the Lord, and he shall bear the glory, and shall sit and rule upon his throne. And he shall be a priest upon his throne, and the council of peace shall be between them both. And the crown shall be to Helem, and to Tobijah, and to Jediah, and to Hin, and the son of Zephaniah, for memorial in the temple of the Lord. And they that are far off shall come and build in the temple of the Lord. And ye shall know that the Lord of hosts has sent me unto you. And this shall come to pass if you will diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God. Amen. And we know in the tribulation they rebuild the temple. But then yes. it's desecrated by the Antichrist. So then Jesus comes and sits in the temple. Amen. So the Bible mm-hmm. is so amazing because it tells us the prophecy. Mm-hmm. And what are we seeing taking place now? We are seeing some amazing things. If you can, pull this verse up. This this one still makes me go, wow. Um, Amos chapter 1 and verse 7. They are attacking Gaza right now as we speak. Does the Bible say anything about Gaza? Well, actually, it does. (laughs) (laughs) Amos chapter 1 and verse 7. But I will send a fire on the wall of Gaza, which shall devour the palaces thereof. Um, Hamas went there. And, and, and started to take over. And you know, that's where they put a lot of these, these Arabs. But they're attacking out of Gaza. So now they're going in to get rid of those terrorists that are in Gaza. And what are we seeing? We're seeing a whole lot of fire in Gaza. Is that um, applying to now? Um, Zephaniah chapter 2, verse 1 through 11. We, we don't have to read that one. Um, if people want to look it up, Zephaniah 2, 1 through 11. It basically says Gaza will be a desolation. And if you look at the pictures in the news media of how what Gaza looks like with all those bombs, it looks like an utter desolation, does it not? It looks yep. pretty bad, pretty bad. Let me just read Joel chapter 3, verse 4 real quick. You don't have to look that one up. And um, because it's just it makes you want to read your Bible. It really does. Now, some of these prophecies are, are past, but many of the prophecies in the Bible have a double application. So therefore, today, too. Joel chapter 3, verse 4, Yea, and what have ye to do with me, O Tyre and Zidon, and all the coasts of Palestine? This is the only time in our Bible that it uses the word Palestine. That's interesting, I, I think. And it says all the coasts of Palestine. If you look at Gaza, Gaza is along the coast. Yes. And Israel used to be called Palestine. So what does it say about this? Will you render me a recompense? This is God speaking to the people in Gaza. Are you going to attack me? He says, and if you recompense me swiftly and speedily, will I return your recompense upon your own head? Oh, I'm man. Right now. What God is saying, hey, you attack me out of gossip, man, you're going down. 
And we are seeing scriptures in the Bible that talk about that. We're seeing that. We're just going, wow, this is incredible. Now, the word Hamas, you know what Hamas is? Hamas is is a um, Arabic word, and it means, I forgot what it means for them. But you know what Hamas means in Hebrew? If you're a Jew that speaks Hebrew and you hear the word Hamas, that word in the Hebrew language means with violence. (laughs) So the very name Hamas is with violence. And if you Mm. take the word Hamas and you take the S off and you put an N, what do you get? Haman. 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 You know your book of of Esther and how this guy Haman tried to kill the Jews. He built the gallows to hang them all and it turned on them. So what we're starting to see now, I don't know how much of this we'll see, but what we're starting to see is the world waking up and the world is going, yeah, 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 Hamas is the terrorist. Yeah, those people are the terrorists. Uh, maybe the Jews are the bad, not the bad guy. Maybe they are the good guy. Uh, yeah, maybe we should support the Jews because these people. And so I think what they're trying to do against Israel is going to turn on them because God says, blessed are those that bless the Jews, cursed are those that curse the Jew. So they've got more here, but what I'd like to do, do you guys have more verses about what's happening today? Some people talk about the Psalms 83 war, and I don't know if you want to read all of Psalms 83, but that sounds like what we're seeing today. Go ahead, guys. I'm going to shut up for a minute and just say, what verses can you pull out for what we're seeing now? And then later I'd like to talk about, let's talk about verses for the future. So anybody who wants to go first. I like to mention uh, Genesis uh, chapter 22, verse 18. We said, in, in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. Okay, so here's his God uh, addressing Abraham. Uh, he also talks about in Zechariah 8.23, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, in those days it shall come to pass, that ten men shall take hold of the, shall take hold out of all languages of the nations, even shall take hold of the skirt, of him that is a Jew, saying, We will go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if we're what I'm starting to see here, what it looks like to me is Jews are pretty important on this planet. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. God is going to bless the earth because there are physical Jews walking the earth, human beings that are Jews. So if you were Satan, what would you do to counteract this whole thing? Get rid of the Jews. Kill them off. No more Jews. You cannot fulfill these promises. You cannot bless the nations. So you can see how this mm. whole World War Three is gauged towards eliminating Jews. And if you look around the world, all the Palestinians, which are these Muslims, and you know, they are. And I've seen some things that are coming on college campuses. They're posting stuff. What you should do if you see a Jew, follow them. And and I'm not going to say any more. I mean, stuff like that is starting to come out now. The devil needs to kill all the Jews. Okay. And he's going to do his best. That's why it's called the seven tribulations called the time of Jacob's trouble. Okay. Because who's in Jacob? Israel. Who's Israel? The Jews. In fact, I'll close with this. The World War III, uh, Albert Pike's letters specifically outlines the fact that the Jews must be a cent- center point of World War III. And I'll just read the first part over here. It says the Third World War must be fomented by taking advantage of the differences caused by the adventure of the Illuminati between the political Zionists, the Jews, and the leaders of the Islamic world, Palestinians. 
the war must be conducted in such a way that Islam, the Muslim Arabic world, and the political Zionism, the state of Israel, mutually destroy each other. Do you guys kind of see that happening right now? All right, you see the you see the sides being taken, and then it says right here. Meanwhile, the other nations, us, okay, United States, Russia, all the other countries. Meanwhile, the other nations, once more divided on this issue, will be constrained to fight to the point of complete physical, moral, spiritual, and economic exhaustion. All right, and so we see all the nations taking sides with the Arab world, Hamas, all right, the Palestinians, and taking sides with Jews. So everybody's taking sides. And I'm not going to read the whole thing, but right at the end of the letter, it says that basically everybody just gets decimated and everybody's tired and everybody's exhausted. Christianity, atheism is wiped off the map. Islam's gone. And now this says that they can, uh, it says we're here that we'll, let's see, the, let's see, but without knowing where to render adoration, they will receive the true light through the universal manifestation of the pure doctrine of Lucifer brought finally out into public view. Okay? So what's that? The mark of the beast. Okay, exactly. so this whole World War Three happening right now mm-hmm. is leading to the mark of the beast. It so, is. Isn't it? And yes. I just this whole thing happening right now is leading to the mark of the beast. And this world war is leading to the the seven year covenant. Okay, it has to be leading to it because according to the Albert Pike's letters, it has to lead to that in order to bring in a pure Luciferian doctrine. Right. So this world war is heading towards the tribulation, or you know, overlapping or somehow, you know. And right. of course, we're going to be taken out here before then. It's very then, good what you said is that the devil hates the Jew and has to get rid of him. He wants to exterminate him. Well, we saw him doing that in World War Two with Hitler. Yes. But did you also see in Russia, this has been on the news, how in Russia there was a lot of people that went to an airport and were looking for Jews, and they have what they call a pogrom. Have you ever heard of a pogrom? And the pogrom is the Russians trying to get rid of Jews. If you ever watched that movie, Fiddler on the Roof, that there's pogroms in that movie, and that's why they had to leave Anatevka, their city, our little town, because the Russians ran them out. So there's much anti-Semitism in the world. And um, so, Bob, you're saying... It's all an agenda of the devil. Agenda 2030, maybe. I don't yeah. know, but it's all the devil <laughs> exactly. trying to get rid of God's people. And many people saw that in World War II. Yeah. Well, if World War III happens and the rapture hasn't come yet, who else is God's people? Us Christians. And yeah. we're going to be Amen. public enemy number two or one, however that. Yeah. So that's bad. But I do see this all leading up to World War III. It, Iran is up here and Russia has made an uh, agreement with Iran. And we know that the Bible says that from the north is where down comes the Antichrist to attack Israel. So it's all coming to pass, just like the Bible says. It's just incredible. It's incredible. Greg, can you uh, you pull up Ephesians 5? Let's uh, start with verse 6. Sure. I I think it's really timely because basically what's going on today in the world is, uh, you mentioned this a few times, is that... Uh, Robert, and that's the the, the world d- doesn't get it right. I mean, the world mm. just is, is on the wrong side of things. They just because they don't they don't believe in the word of God, so they don't believe God. They they believe in it. Most of the nations believe in a different God, um, which is really Satan. <laughs> so yeah. let's oh, be honest. God. And uh, <clears throat> so I mean, let, let's be honest. I mean, that's who's controlling the UN. 
that that is uh, you got this group of nations that are basically um, just just pull up the whole just pull up the whole chapter because uh, there, there's like maybe five verses uh, that, that I, I want to read here. But but what it really shows though is that they they've all come together right in this. Uh, just go down to six and um, in verse six. This is where it starts. So let no man deceive you with vain words because of these things cometh that wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Okay. This is who they are. They are the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them for ye were sometimes uh, darkness, but now you're ye light in the Lord walk as children of light. Okay. That is, that is us. We are walking in the light for the fruit of the spirit is in all goodness and righteous and truth, proving what is acceptable to the Lord and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. Mm-hmm. You see, that's what's going on over there right now. There's a whole bunch of things that are going on in secret and, and none of it's any good, okay? N- none of it's any good. The, all all the, the planning for that attack was all done in secret. Everything's done in secret over there. It, the, the nations are are negotiating with each other on in secret on things like that. Uh, but all things that are approved are made manifest by the light. You see, so when 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 we when Robert, you know, puts the scripture in front of us, that's light coming into us. We are the light. Amen. We have that, we Amen. Have that knowledge. We're able to impart it, and we can see that the other side has actually exposed themselves for exactly who they are. And I yeah. think that that's really critical right now is that yeah. the line, the, the, the gray line is not really gray anymore. It is becoming more black and white. And then in the tribulation, it's going to be just stark black mm. and stark, stark white. Exactly. Um, and then, but you know what the next verse is beautiful? Yes. Wherefore he saith, awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. <laughs> that yeah. sounds a lot like First Thessalonians four eighteen through eighteen to me. <laughs> That's so awesome. So this this whole thing about exposing and all these things, and then right after that about the resurrection from the dead. So I mean, it it lines up with us feeling like this is we're on the cusp of something huge. Yes. So, yes. Uh, it's just yeah. amazing that how much these people actually are exposing themselves, even in this country, uh, even down to prof- like singular professors in, in each schools are saying, I'm on this side or I'm on that side. Yep. Yep. Man, it's so awesome. It's so cool to see how everything is converging together. I think that's one of the more exciting things about it. It's just like, wow, you everywhere you look, you can see how God is orchestrated all these events prophetically in scripture pointing to what is happening now but um i have to go unfortunately guys a little earlier but or early time mm. but um i have a root canal in the morning real early at 7 a.m so i have to get up early to make it there Ouch. but before i go i wanted to mention something about the hamas and the Haman um type connection because we know mm. it says in scripture you know what has been done will be done again and there's no new thing under the sun. We have Isaiah 46.10, God declares the end from the beginning, right? That's how God shows us these patterns, and they repeat throughout time, almost like a wheel that keeps going through. And I really love that because it, it got establishing the order so no one can flim-flam you 
and try to push you or be tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. But something I thought was interesting with what Brother Breaker was bringing up with uh, the Haman was the fact that in 1946, when the Nuremberg trials happened, remember that the, the Purim Fest, you remember that? So it's so interesting to see how everything is literally repeating itself into a right. third war cycle. So it's, explain it's that more for those that don't know what you're saying. Explain that a little bit more. Yeah, it's very interesting. And um, let me see. I have this pulled up. I'll share the screen. Basically, everything that Hitler did against the Jews came back on him. So everything yeah. he did bad for them came back on him. But it can, yeah. kind of explain that a little more, if you would, before you go, because that's very good. Yeah, and it's it's really interesting because, you know, what ended up happening, especially with the Jews, you know, he, he, he sought to exterminate the Jewish people, again, going with what Brother Bob was talking about, how Satan is trying to default and get God on his promises, right? But everything that Hitler did to try to dismantle God's promise, it, it totally flipped around and turned back on. So not only did they get their land back, but in 1946 which was very interesting that we had something called the Nuremberg trials of the 10 sons of Haman. And if you guys, it's from the tour.com, but there was a very interesting thing that happened when one of the last individuals who were actually hung, just like the 10 sons of Haman, mm-hmm. he's when he went to, let me see here. So when they, asked him any final words as he was walking up he turned and suddenly yelled Purim Fest 1946 before he was hung and um, there's some very interesting studies into the book of Esther with the within the jots and the tittles of the Hebrew language and they actually have found this specific date and it goes very in depth I highly encourage you guys to be a Berean about this one and, and do your research, but it just shows you how God is showing us again what is happening, and we see the faithfulness of God when anyone comes against his chosen people mm-hmm. that it just turns out for their good and God's right. glory, mm-hmm. so that's just mm-hmm. such an amazing aspect of it, <laughs> so immediately when Brother Breaker brought up Haman connection with Hamas, which is the violence that was to turn against them, it was really going to be retribution for the Jewish people. It's, it's just so amazing. It's yeah, amazing how God is so protective over us, you know, mm-hmm. and the, the lengths that he goes through to protect his people and in enforcing his promise. You know, it's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Four thousand year old promise. I mean, think about that. Yeah. You and I would have forgot it after 4,000 minutes, but he's remembered it for 4,000 yeah. years. And, you wow. know, most of the times we can't even keep our own promises. Right. And uh, mm-hmm. that's the sad thing, you know, um, we can't even keep our own promises to ourselves at times. And just to see that God's unwavering faithfulness of hope that he gives us by showing his faithfulness, you know, even when we are faithless, he always remains faithful, you know, to, mm-hmm. to deliver on everything. And that is the peace and the assuredness that surpasses all understanding. It really helps me in my own life because when you fall on rocky times or no matter the storm that comes, you know that God is for you. And maybe he has why, a uh, perfect resume for it. Maybe that's why God 
normally does this like a one-sided covenant where he doesn't even involve, (laughs) he doesn't even involve us. He's just like, look, I'm going to make an agreement with you and I'm going to make this promise and uh, you don't need to do it because I just know you're going to break it anyway. So I'm going to go ahead and do this. Um, Yeah. He he knows us. He knows us the best, doesn't he? I mean, thing about this, Michael, is that it just goes to show if you, if you dig, further and further and further you find more and more and more yeah, like nothing so cool. god's word never comes up void never no mm-hmm. never that's right it's and it's, it's there's so many different levels to it you know it's like you have a micro and your macro and it's like the more you examine it it's almost like the same thing but it just gets deeper and deeper but repeating the same patterns or the logarithmic curve right, right. and it's it's so amazing it's and why you can that. read the same verse like 10 times and get yeah. 10 different things out of it. <laughs> Amen. I love it. It's so awesome. But, you know, I was thinking about getting the crown because they're going to put a crown on my tooth tomorrow. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to go get my crown, <laughs> not the one I wanted. You know, but hey, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward, guys, to to being Amen. just just being all together, you know, with the Lord forever. in 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 incorruptible bodies, you know, just, man, it's just something that every day I long for. And I'm just so excited that Jesus has pulled me out of the fire and, and opened my eyes to the truth using brother. Uh, there we go. Brother breaker. I'll never forget that video you made brother. And I'm so grateful for it. How God used you to, to bring that truth. Yes. It's a very blessing. Thank you so much. Amen. I always Lord. like to say thank you every time I see you because it's it's, oh, yeah. it's changed the Amen. course of my entire Amen. life. And without God um, using you in that moment, whew, been yeah, happy. the feeling you're going to get a better crown than that. Uh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have yeah, like three of them. Then, it's I not good, the- man. Those aren't good crowns. They're, those, those crowns, yeah. I'm more than happy to to leave behind when. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, those are the ones that'll be yeah left behind. Yeah. But yeah, so now I know that that we are sealed, right? Yeah, we are sealed till the day of redemption. Still in the truth. Yeah, and, I, and the truth, that. the truth must be desired. It cannot be forced. Psalm fifty-one uh, six. Ain't that the truth? And it's so awesome how God can lead you into that desire. You know, yes, it's it's amazing. You know, it's like God. How, how do you? Of course, He knows me better than you than I know me. Yeah. But it's amazing how He does it. But I love you guys. I love you all in the chat. Thank you so much for you having care. me here. Thanks for your input. Thanks for coming on, Michael. Yeah, I'm God sorry it was such a care. short input, but uh, no, that was guys. perfect. No. Yeah. More than halfway <laughs> through. <laughs> we'll see you, brother Michael. All right. um, did did all anybody right. else have any more verses on what's happening now? If you would leave some in the comments. Um, and and then I kind of like to just talk about how this thing ends. I had a couple more verses, but that's what mm. I'm going for is just where are the verses? Because all the times I get questions like this, show me in the Bible what's happening now, Brother Breaker. And they want a verse mm. like that says there's fire on the wall in Gaza. OK, there it is. You know, and there's so many of them, um, mm. but we know what's going to happen next and what's going to happen next. Well, somebody's going to show up and say, hey, we need peace and sign a seven year peace deal. Well, that's got to be. As soon as the rapture takes place. So how long this war goes on, we don't know. We have no idea. But we do know this, that in the middle of that seven years, the Antichrist comes in. The Jews have to flee. He sits on the throne and says he's God. Then he goes and he fights at the Battle of Armageddon. 
And if we could pull up Zephaniah 3.8, this is where the United Nations ties into this whole thing. How anyone could be in favor of the United Nations, I don't know. Because it's like you said, Brother Kevin, they're taking sides. The United Nations has taken the side that we are against God in the Bible. I mean, I don't know any Christians in the United Nations. Do they even exist? And what does God say he's going to do? Remember, Israel is his chosen nation. Zephaniah 3.8, here's Armageddon. Therefore, wait ye upon me, saith the Lord, until the day that I rise up to the prey. For my determination is to gather the nations that I may assemble the kingdoms to pour out or to pour upon them mine indignation, even all my fierce anger. For all the earth shall be devoured with the fire of my jealousy. And what is he jealous of? Israel, his nation. And he's going to destroy all those others at the battle of Armageddon. And what a thing. We have Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 through 7. And what does it say? He says, he will rule forever. So our only hope is Jesus Christ. And this is kind of a neat uh, Micah chapter 4, verse 1 through 5. Those, those verses are kind of good. Do you know, if you go to the United Nations today, they have that verse from Isaiah that says, we shall bl- beat our swords into plowshares. Mm-hmm. They literally take a verse from the King James Bible and they put it on the side of the United Nations. And that's why they're trying to disarm everyone of all their guns and all their arms because they want mm-hmm. peace. Well, if everyone in the world gave up their guns, the United Nations wouldn't because they want peace through them having the guns, not you. But they use that verse. They literally use that verse to try to say we want peace. And yet they're the ones that are warring against God and his people. And so when you read Micah chapter four, verse one through five, you can't help but see that Jesus is coming and he's going to rule in Israel. And that's why you should be in favor of Israel, because that's who Jesus is going to be on the side of. So right there in Micah chapter four, verse one through five. But in the last days, that's what we're talking about now. It shall come to pass that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established in the top of the mountains and it shall be exalted above the hills and people shall flow into it. I think that's Jerusalem. And many nations shall come and say, come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of God of Jacob. And he will teach us his ways and will walk in his paths. For the law shall go forth of Zion and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. So if you don't learn Hebrew now, one day everyone's going to speak Hebrew probably. And he shall judge among many people and rebuke strong nations afar off. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into printing hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. This is after Armageddon. But they shall sit every man under his vine and under his fig tree, and none shall make them afraid, for the mouth of the Lord of hosts has spoken it. For all the people will walk every one in the name of his God, and we will walk in the name of the Lord our God forever and ever. So again, dual application, you know, back there, but over over here too. And the winning side is the side of Israel. Yes, for three and a half years they're going to flee, but they're protected that whole time. So Before I don't that they make that uh, covenant. They make that covenant with death, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're talking about a, an agreement that's, you know, strengthened by the Antichrist with the Ten Kings and United Nations, wow. basically. I mean, that that is absolutely a covenant of death because you can see that right now the other side is death. That's what they that's what they're all about. Yeah. And what's interesting, though, is that that verse about the plowshares and stuff that that, that they have that there. They're actually calling for their own destruction in order for that to be realized in the millennium after the, the second coming of Christ. Yeah. Yep. They don't even you realize know, that. You know, it's interesting to the United Nations, you know, of course they want to divide Israel. All right. 
But the United Nations, a lot of people don't realize, is they also want to divide up America, too, into many different sections as well. Right. So the United States is kind of like this shadow of Israel. People make those, make those uh, parallels between Israel and America, the one nation under God, Christian nation. That's why they hate us so much, a big Satan, little Satan, all that, you know. But the fact of the matter is the U.N. is interested in dividing up two countries, Israel and the United States. And, for example, you had Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, went, he flew to China, met with Xi Jinping, signed documents. First of all, he can't do that because he's a governor, right? We have, uh, we have people in the federal government that are designated for doing foreign relations. We can't have a governor go to another country and talk to world leaders. That doesn't happen. He's not supposed to do that, but he did it anyways. So they want to make California the new, basically, a, a country all by itself. And I think that's why Gavin Newsom didn't care about it, because he's going to become president of California. Okay? Yeah. It's going to be its own nation, and I think that would be a beachhead for uh, a beachhead for China. Okay? Mm-hmm. So you have that happening. So they want to divide up America. All right? Just like what you're saying, uh, Robert, with they want us to get rid of our guns. So, and so that way, when... And of course, don't forget... Joe Biden and Obama, they saw Obama signed that agreement. And of course, uh, Biden did one too, a peace treaty with, uh, with the UN saying to them that they can come in here and do peacekeeping with 28 member nations and take control of our nations. And they could go up and they can come in here. And if we have a civil war, if we have a medical emergency, natural disaster, whatever they deem worthy, they can come in here anytime they want take over our country and there's nothing or con- nothing that the Congress can do about it. And there's nothing that, uh, that the Supreme court can litigate about it. Okay. They can't stop any of this. It kind right? of, it kind of starts with the development goals, the sustainable development goals, doesn't it, Bob? Because that is mm-hmm. the primary thing that they are putting, injecting into the world right now saying, Oh, we need to have uh, some kind of governance over this whole climate uh, situation, yeah. right? We have to we have to have these fifteen minute cities. We're going to turn them into smart cities, and we don't want you to have cars anymore, folks. We want you to we want you to ride your bikes to the nearest uh, spot and location mm-hmm. that's that's going to be up fifteen minutes away. Not a problem. Either walk or you you ride your bike. But oh, we can't have you driving any cars because mm-hmm. that's going to be a big problem. We want to get rid of them all by 2030. How's that sound? That you can't even drive down the road anymore to work. Mm-hmm. So most people probably be working from home, right? So this is the whole thing with the pen with the pandemic. It's kind mm-hmm. of massaging people into yep. getting work used to working from home and all that. Um but, you know, I, I think this is this is where it's kind of going with that whole climate control climate crisis. Um yep. it's another area that they can uh, sink their teeth into to have some form of control over the United uh, United States and the right. world. We, we called that like two and a half years ago, like right when the pandemic mm-hmm. was, was getting up, we were like, the next thing mm-hmm. that you guys are going to see is going to be the climate change emergencies. Yeah. And just this week, they were talking, really? WHO is saying, hey, you need to go in there and you need to de- declare a, a, a climate change emergency for the entire world. And mm-hmm. We're about ready to give all of our sovereignty to the WHO as well. So, right. uh, so Bob, it's not just the um, what, what you just mentioned, but it's also the WHO as well. So, I mean, we're we're 
we're willing to give our complete sovereignty to these foreign entities, which this is not what this country is founded on, but it just goes to show how far this country has fallen. And it doesn't seem like there's much time left. And it's not like the United States is the, the, the crowning, jo- uh, you know, glory at the end of the tribulation where everyone is safe there. I mean, it's not, that's just not the case. I mean, you can see why that, that is the, the case. And because the United States is getting weaker and weaker and weaker because we kept keep on giving away the sovereignty that we fought for and our forefathers fought for 200 plus years ago. Well, on top of that, what do you think World War Three is going to do to us? We're already fighting how many fronts already? How, how thin are we spread? And right. another thing, uh, Biden cut off our oil and he sold off most of our oil. We have no, we have barely anything in reserves. Right. So what's going to happen when they, now, now that since we're spreading ourselves even thinner, when America gets attacked, guess what's going to happen? When we get invaded, it's going to scare everybody and they're going to say, hey, we're getting invaded. Stop driving your cars. Stop mm-hmm. using gas. Don't use your lawnmower. We need it for so we can put gas in the tanks and the yeah. Jeeps and the yeah. jets so we can defend you. So stop oh. driving your yeah. car. You see anybody driving a car, they're un-American. No, and, no, be, and, and, and they can get away with that because the, 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 we don't have hardly anything left. And it's for your protection, Kevin. But so they'll raise the price the to $50 a gallon. I mean, to $100 yeah. a gallon. So you just yeah. can't afford to possibly even drive. Oh, yeah, right. that, I mean, Joe Biden has given away all of, I mean, basically dumped all of our oil reserves into the marketplace so that, or sold it so that we can have, so that we can curb inflation because of their, their ridiculous spending. But when the oil is gone and there's no more to dump into the market and inflation starts to tick back up, which is exactly what has started to happen. Yes. What, where, where's the end game on that? And tomorrow, tomorrow, November 1st, uh, the uh, Saudi and uh, Arabia won't be trading oil and gas in U.S. petrodollar anymore. So mm-hmm. that's going to be a lot of uh, trouble there. And if you guys crash your dollar, guess who is next? Canada. Canada's Boom. dollar, yeah. We're mm-hmm. gone. We're gone. We're not even in the vapor. We're just gone, and we're going to be in a very deep trouble in here. Uh, the like gallon... It- John, most of your population is is like just really uh, lockstep with the government, though it seems like mm-hmm. it's just like they they, they just rely on Trudeau and, and those people just to like tell them what to do. They're just yes, you're right, being led astray basically. Mm-hmm. This sad. is right, right yeah. and sad. Well, it's <laughs> interesting you said the ten nations, the brick nations, the ten nations. And then America, they want to put it into ten. That goes back to Haman. What Michael was saying, the ten sons of Haman were hanged along with him. So this is what's going to happen. We see the bad coming, but we know when Jesus comes at Armageddon, those guys get theirs. And there's ten again. That's just amazing, that number ten. Hmm. But it's um, it's bad times for us, but it's good times because we know the Bible. And so we want to try to tell people what side's the right side. Mm-hmm. And all we can do is tell them. But I think we you mm-hmm. said when we get invaded in America, I think that's already happened. There's yeah, something like yeah. two million people came into our country. We don't know who these people are. Ten million. What actually. we saw happen in Israel could hip, happen in America any day. And that is the saddest thing to think. But there are people out there that hate the Jews. That's why they did what they did to the Jews. They raped, they killed, they cut pe- babies' heads off. 
And that's, that's all crazy. because they are a religion, they call it, but it's, it's hatred toward a people. And what do they call America? Those same terrorists, they call mm -hmm. America the great Satan. Oh, and they yeah. hate Americans as much as they hate the Jews. So if that happened here, God forbid, I hope we don't see it, but, but be prepared for something like that just in case. And it is not wrong, self-defense, especially when it's your family and yourself. And I just pray to God we don't see that, but we do need to know that anything is possible. And the only hope is Jesus. So getting saved is the most important thing. Amen. 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 And people saying here, when, when will we be invaded? Like you said, dude, we are all, we are already being invaded at our borders. I understand that. I complain about that all the time. I'm talking about when China comes here. I'm talking about when China and Russia, all right, they yeah. have armies. They're amassing armies and oh, yes. bringing in jets and blowing up our coastlines and stuff like that. That's the invasion mm -hmm. I'm right. talking about. These guys out here, these people who are here right now, they're going to be the agitators. They're going to be the agitators that will that we will fight personally at, that will cause a civil war that will welcome in the 28 member nations of the of the UN. Right. The UN, like I said, the UN will step in and say, hey, America, looks like you're having trouble. We'll come in and you'll be protected with our guns long, and we'll just take away your guns. Okay. Right. So that's what they're going to do. All right. So we, uh, we are going to see, we, I don't know what's going to happen with this agitation and we're already seeing the agitation happening right now. Oh, yes. So pick any blue city, right, John? Yes. Pick any blue city. <laughs> it's boiling. Yeah. You, you can see the bubbles. I mean, when when uh, when the Antichrist goes in the temple, right, sets up the abomination and declares himself as God, what did Jesus say to do? He didn't say, go petition your case to the U.N. Right. <laughs> he said, those in Judea and Samaria flee immediately. Don't even go mm -hmm. back and get your coat. Yeah. Go. Because yep. there is not going to be any U.N. that's going to be protecting them at that mm -hmm. time. Uh, the, the U.N. is not your friend. Okay, they're not anyone's friend except the except the devil and the son of perdition in the future. That's that that's, and then ultimately though we also know that the beast system is going to devour the harlot. So the, the UN's days are numbered as well. I mean they they're, they're going to have to give uh, you know their power to the ten kings and the ten kings give their power to the antichrist. So there's there's going to be a lot of power shifting going on, and not only that, the antichrist actually rises up against some of the kings. So. Uh, the Antichrist is, is embroiled in a whole bunch of battles. You can read about that in Daniel. It, it's it's not going to be a good time for anybody on this planet at that point. Right. Mm -hmm. And Jesus said it's going to be the worst time ever, never before and never again. Right. Amen. And getting back to Israel, Romans chapter 11, we know what that says, that God is not yes. finished with the Jews. Yet all over Christianity, there's people running around saying replacement theology. And so many of your so-called pastors don't even believe that God's going to go back to dealing with the Jews. So they're silent. That's why I'm getting so many emails from people. Why don't you talk about this, Brother Breaker? Our church won't mention it. And we need to mention it. In Revelation chapter 11, I think it's verse 25, says, And all Israel shall be saved. So God has not forgotten his promise to them. And what does that do for us as Christians? Well, I remember that helps us know God hasn't forgotten his promises to us. And so we know what God wants. And and uh, he's promised to come back. And so we're waiting for that. And the sooner he comes, the better. But yeah, he always leaves, leaves, by, leaves a remnant, always, right? Always yeah. leaves a remnant. And that's that's God's mercy and grace. 
And when they call out for Jesus to come back, that's when he's going to come back. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. They are going to look on him. They are going to mourn, but they are going to be saved. What amazing time that's going to be because we're going to be following behind Jesus. We're going to see it. We're going to have a good, good bird's eye view to all that. Oh, yes, we will. Before we go further, because this comes back a lot in the chat, deep Psalm 83. Can you talk about that, Pastor Breaker? Well, why don't we just go ahead and read it? And, and, All right. and you tell me this is good because a lot of the verses people are using for today saying this is happening today. I don't know if they're taking it out of context or I don't yeah. know if it does apply. Sometimes there's a couple verses here or there that looks like it's for today. But again, God can give a prophecy that was back then for them out of Babylon that applies for today, too. There could be a double application. Because so a lot I'm of people bring this as 83.15. Okay, and so it, yes. let's go to Psalms chapter 83. Let me briefly look at it here real quick and see if we want to read the whole thing or not. Um, How many verses? Saying, verse 15. That's what people yeah. brings there a lot in the chat. So, And verse 1 says, Keep not thou silence, O God, hold not thy peace, and be not still, O God. For lo, thine enemies make a tumult, and they that hate thee have lifted up the head. Well, that's certainly seeing that today. They have taken crafty counsel against thy people and consulted against thy hidden ones. They have Mm -hmm. said, Come, let us cut them off from being a nation, that the name of Israel may be no more in remembrance. They have consulted together with one consent. They are confederate against thee. And, And Brother John, you're the one that said, I think it was Yemen, launched a, a missile today. So yeah, man. Gaza fighting. You've got uh, from up north, Iran wants to get in. The, so that's what they're doing. So, yeah, some of this can apply today, but this was yes. David in his day saying, this is what they're doing to me. So do you see that double application? Yes. Or what was it? Uh, what was the verse you said? Go down to about. Um, uh, the one that they were bringing up was mostly, uh, yeah, 15. Okay. Well, um Verse 13, oh, my God, make them a wheel as the stubble before the wind. Well, we're starting to see, you know, yeah. as the fire burneth the wood, we see fire there. And as the flame setteth the fires on, the mountains on fire, so persecute them with thy tempest and make them afraid with thy storm. Fill their faces with shame that they may seek thy name, O Lord. Let them be confounded in trouble forever. Yea, let them be put to shame and perish that men may know that thou whose name alone is Jehovah art the most high over the earth. And Amen. what's amazing is there's Jews over there right now fighting that are praying these prayers because they yes. read in Hebrew and they they're they're literally singing these things over there. Uh, I've yes. never been, like I said, yet to Israel, but guys that go over there they say say they sing psalms in the streets. They're walking down the streets, young people, and they're singing yeah. these things that David said. Um, and that, they you know, write verses on the missiles. Netanyahu, if you listen to Netanyahu, he's coming out and he's saying. Um, Israel, we need to fight the Amaleks again because <laughs> that's this is the Amaleks. And he says, you know, so he's wow, he's he's using the Old Testament as some would say propaganda, but not really. He's using the Old Testament saying, hey, we've all been through this before over mm-hmm. the last 4000 years. Let's claim these verses for us again. Amen. That Amen. Fascinating. That is fascinating. But um, like I said, sometimes you got to be careful not to try to pull it out of context. But That's certainly right. there's some good verses in Psalms chapter 83. Um, briefly, before I forget, I've done some videos on this before. If you go to my channel, I have one called The Land of Israel. I have one called The Nation of Israel, one called The Law of Israel, one called The Future of Israel. I also did a video called Who Owns the Land of Pan- Palestine? 
and Israel in the last days. And I went back and I watched all these this week and I'm like, wow, I did those already. So that's where a lot of this came from. Everything <laughs> but, comes um, in. But it's good to go back and watch those again because one of them, Amen. it's like it would just happen this week. Like I could have made that video just for this week because Amen. that was several years ago when they were launching rockets into Israel. And I was just like, wow, it's right. happening again. So, yeah, that's what I was hoping for. More people giving video or uh, verses like that that we could read and, and say, hey, yes. does that apply to today? There's, I had some more written down, but I won't read them. Um, one of the things that a lot of people ask about is the Gog and Magog war. And they ask, is this Ezekiel 38? And the Gog and Magog, we see it in Ezekiel 38, but we also see Gog and Magog in Revelation chapter 20. Hmm. So I'm not talked about that much because I'm still trying to figure it out. Are there two Gog and Magog wars? Is there one before the millennium and one after the millennium? I still haven't figured any of that out. So I was hoping maybe if you guys had some thoughts on it, because um, that's one of those things I still have not. If I don't know what to do with it, I don't want to talk about it because no, I don't want to say what I don't know. What do you I don't have an opinion on? either. I've, well, done study on it. I've, I've looked at it Sorry. and I've done study on it. And sometimes I think it's one and sometimes I think it's two. I mean, I, I, I really have not actually figured it out yet. But if it is two, I'm thinking one of them happens during the, tri- the, the Great Tribulation or, you know, right. possibly at the end. And the other one happens. Uh, at the end of the 1,000 year reign when they, they come in a mass against. Yeah, exactly. So they're kind of, they're kind of ending points of two ages, right? Yeah. Right. And if that's so, the case, I mean, that's, that's amazing. You could read it as that. But, but right. one thing we do know though is that uh, one day that they, they will absolutely amass on the border when, when Israel is living in somewhat of a peaceful nature and that mm-hmm. they are going to, uh, bring a whole bunch of weaponry to come down and basically take spoil. And at that point, God is going to confuse them. They're going to start attacking each other, which is quite amazing to begin with. And then yeah. the, the big fireworks happen when God sends fire and brimstone from heaven and basically destroys like 85% of their armies. So uh, th- after that happens, if that actually does happen say early on in, in the tribulation, just, let's just hypothesize. Bob talked about this, I think a week ago, mm-hmm. uh, Islam, how can you, how can you continue to worship that God that just, you know, just had their armies completely wiped out? You know, it's going to be very yeah. difficult to continue to pledge allegiance to that God. I mean, we saw it, uh, you know, when uh, I think it was, uh, was it Ezekiel who, who sent, sent down the, no, it was Elijah, 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 Sent down the the um, the fire and said, "Call down and and, and burned up the the, the bail uh, the bail offering." And then you know, I mean, and then also the priests that were around them as well. Uh, you know, that's uh, how can you how can you stay with your God at that point? You got you really have no power. But of course, it does say you know Gog and Magog. You know about the the one after the one thousand year reign, it says Gog and Magog come to basically surround the city. So you can see that it could be two different wars there, but that is not really a war, is it? I mean, as soon as they come there, God sends down fire and and basically just destroys them all. I mean, there's, there's no, there's no real battle. It's just. Gog is a leader. And from what my understanding, Magog is that's Russia. So whenever it is, it's Russia. How interesting that now Russia has joined with Iran and China. That's, that would be the biggest, 
army in the history of the world, and they're all oh, yeah. could come down and attack Israel. And Turkey as well. That would be well, and it was interesting. Yeah. Okay. So it was there interesting, is, like I said, that Russia has thrown its hat into the ring because mm-hmm. Russia received supplemental weapons from Iran. And Iran uh, says, hey, Russia, we'll support you in Ukraine as long as you support us here in the Middle East. So right. Russia kind of has to side with Iran. So right. uh, I've just seen in the, uh, the, in the head- headlines that basically uh, Putin has turned his, turned his back on Netanyahu and Israel. Right. And what's interesting, if you go back to what um, uh, Philip Barnett, he received the vision from the Lord about the nuclear war and how it starts. Basically, and I did a video on this, is... When the nuclear war begins, first of all, uh, Russia would have to get involved with the war, which they just did, all right? And second of all, they have to have control of eastern Ukraine, which they do have control of it now, okay? So and, and now since they got a beachhead there, when the nuclear war begins, basically, according to Philip Barnett, that is when um, uh, Russia begins pointing their weapons directly at Israel, Okay. And I'm not saying that's going to happen anytime soon, but the fact of the matter is Russia's hat's in the game now, okay? So it seems like to me that we are not too far off from that. And uh, I would just say that November 11th was his prediction that the Lord showed him, which is like, I don't know if it's going to be this year. It would make sense to me, 11-11. But if that's the case, that's only like, what, about 12 days away, 11 days away? Okay, so that's where we're at right now. But to see it escalate that quick, where basically way Philip Barnett laid it out, and I know a lot of people um, answer the question here in the comment section, where is the rapture resurrection around all this? That's what we want to know. Where is it at? Well, the rapture resurrection will have to take place before the nuclear war, according to my research here, and mm-hmm. according to Philip Barnett and a bunch of other scholars as well. So we're And there's a lot of nuclear activity going on right now we have b-52 b-53 bombers going everywhere we got doomsday planes in the air we got nuclear fortresses flying everywhere now didn't have all this stuff before but we do now okay so with that being said if it basically begins the nuclear war begins when russia i guess russia's going to fire a nuke at israel if russia does that what do you think god's going to do to russia yeah, it's going to be America just blanketing Russia with nuclear weapons. Yeah. Okay, so I think that's what's going to happen. I think Russia will fire a nuke or something, a tactical nuke or something, right at Israel. And God's like, bad move. All right, bring it in, you know, and we'll end up dumping all of our nuclear weapons on them. And, of course, they're going to shoot theirs at us. We'll get the judgment we deserve. Here's, you know, the, hopefully here's we're an idea. This is, I mean, somehow a guy's going to show up in the whole world bringing peace. Did you ever see the G.I. Joe movie that they came out with in Hollywood where this guy took over and he launched all the, everyone launched all their, and then he had the thing that blew them all up. And he said, now we're going to start over. And he was, and and he was a fake president (laughs) Mm. and and everyone on his side wore a mask. Uh, It's Mm. just like, wow. Sometimes Hollywood shows their, but uh, I mean, I, I've read and heard recently that, that they talk about in the Bible and tell me where this is. I forget where it talks about their flesh comes off, you know, in a moment. And they say that's the nuclear uh, bomb in, in the Bible. Metal thing, yeah. But it's just hard to think because a nuclear bomb isn't just it's over. It's now what, 20 years of mm-hmm. 
people get the poison and i mean how does that work that can't go into the millennium no. so how does he get rid of all that residual i forget what it's called radiation and how does what if the world becomes chernobyl i mean it's just there's so many things to think about i still i don't know what to do with that all i know is nobody wants that right. but if one does it, the rest are doing it. Well, then there's no world left for Jesus to come back to. Well, so, I'm, re- I'm glad you brought that point up. You know what uh, I mean? Yeah, I'm glad you brought brought that point up because uh, yeah, all of this is basically leading into someone rising up and saying, "We can stop this. I can bring the peace here." Yeah. And who is that individual? We don't know, but mm-hmm. that is what this is being set up for. That is what I mm-hmm. see this being set up for. Uh, oh, yes. Certainly, before yeah. the nukes happen, could a nuke happen? I don't know if a nuke if a nuke happens. I think that's World War Three right there, then and there. That's just my my opinion, my take on it. But um, it is leading mm. up to that uh, beginning of of a a leader, a world leader, who's going to bring peace. To say, I can do, yeah. I can bring this peace right to the world. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Well, that, what's interesting is breaker. Oh, just one, just one quick one because there's somebody is always asking for that. I know it's not our dispensation as per se, but Matthew twenty four six seven. What do you think about that, Matthew twenty four six seven? Wars and rumors of wars. Matthew twenty four, verse six. Part of the beginning seven. of sorrows. Okay. Mm. Yeah, well, right. Right. So, yes, Kevin is right. People against um, people, ethnic groups against ethnic groups. If you look at verse questions. three, it, there's three questions. Mm-hmm. So Jesus is answering three questions. So the way I've heard it explained to me is these are three questions that have been asked. So some of those could have been right before the rapture that he's answering. Mm-hmm. So before the rapture, there could be wars and rumors of wars, but um, earthquakes could be before. But they're all, there's going to be a lot of that after, too. But mm-hmm. just remember that there's three questions being asked there. And it says, um, tell us when shall these things be and what shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world. So Jesus is answering three different questions right there. And okay. Now, now go back and read it and see what you think. And because, you know, that, that makes a little bit more sense that some of that can apply to right before the rapture. In, in a speaking, sense. speaking of questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, all right. Bob, do you want to bring... Some questions up since we are in interactive form. We do want other people to ask their questions here. Yes. The key, the key to that verse is, is at the end of six, but the end is not yet. <laughs> so That's right. It's not, I mean, it's going to seem bad. And uh, there's, I mean, we've had big wars in this world. Um, and, but the big, the, the bigger one is coming because the red right. horse of the tribute in the tribulation, the second seal is. I mean, you got to think that that is like the worst of the worst of the worst. I mean, that is like peace is taken from the earth. I mean, the whole earth at that point. Yes. So and but even the but the second seal is not the end either. So it's speaking of that as well. um, And Robert, you got you got it right on the nose. It's 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 not just things that are happening now. But it's happening after the the rapture, resurrection, during the tribulation. There will be wars and rumors of wars. And it still won't be the end because you still got five more seals to go. Yeah, that's right. And uh, was it, it, well, let's uh, touch on the blood of Christ here for a minute. All right. Yes. I figured we'll be going that direction. You know, it says, question for Lucy. If Christian in a Catholic church is a baby, do I need to be baptized now? I am born again. 
Um, so basically, she's asking, do I need to be baptized now if I was Christian as a Catholic? Basically, uh, Robert Breaker just answers the question that like, you don't need to be baptized by water. We are born again through the right. Holy Spirit. You know, right. We're washed in the blood of Jesus when we're born again, so we don't have to be baptized in water. Now, a lot of churches ask you to do that to become a member of their local assembly. And if you find a good Bible-believing church and you want to do that, you can help yourself. But you don't have to be baptized in water to get to heaven. And that's where some people get confused. They think, oh, I got to do it to get saved. But even in the question, you said, now that I'm born again. Well, if you are born again, then yep. you don't need to be. Right. But yeah. um, see, there's a lot of churches out there that are looking for good members. And so I hope you can find a good church. I know it's getting yeah. harder and harder nowadays. In Act 8.30, Philip tells the Enoch, you know, that you understand now, right? You understand what you, what we read and everything. If you want to get baptized, thou mayest. You right. can if you want yep. to. But yep. first, first, you must understand the blood of Christ. Right. Yeah. You've got to be saved first. Yeah. That's interesting, too, because I talked to a Catholic lady for a long time one time, and she kept telling me, oh, I'm born again. Oh, I'm born again. And it didn't sound like it. Nothing she was saying was what the Bible said. So I finally just said, what do you mean by born again? She says, well, when I was christened as a baby, I was born again. So in Catholicism, the term born again is used back when they do that to you. But that's not how the Bible uses it or how we use it. When we use born again, that's when you got saved by trusting the blood of Jesus. Amen. So we've always got to define terms. We've got to define terms. And so I hope you're not trusting in your baptism because baptism doesn't save us. No, there's not, there's not one work that's going to save you. Um, and, uh, baptism is a work. It is a, but, but we, we also don't dissuade people from getting baptized if you want to be baptized. Right. I mean, you, you do it as an outward symbol of your inner spirit. And that's, and that's the key is that you're basically saying I'm, I'm washed in the spirit. I'm, I'm clean there. So I'm going to clean my body too with, right. with, you know, with a spiritual, of a spiritual nature, not take a bath, but you know, to, to, to do that. And that's fine. We're, we're not saying that it's bad to be baptized. Okay. We're just saying that that is not the criteria for salvation. Right. Exactly. Speaking yeah. of salvation. Just answer the other question, I think. <laughs> Julie says yeah. it's a possible to be saved and, and raptured. If you don't believe in the Bible asking for my husband, What do you think about that? Well, you get saved by the Bible, so you'd have to believe what the Bible says. But, you know, this is one of those things that's hard to answer. A, a person could get saved and get Alzheimer's later and forget. <laughs> so salvation is a heart matter. When you're born again, maybe your mind could go or something. But if you're in your right mind and you are saved, the Holy Spirit is guiding you. Why would you suddenly decide not to believe the Bible? That, I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand how you can not believe the Bible, but believe mm -hmm. that Jesus died on the cross and rose again so you can be saved. Because the whole the Bible. Bible points to Jesus. Yeah. So if you don't believe the Bible, then you don't believe in Jesus. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's logic. You, it, right. That's right. You know, so with, I, I don't, I don't see how people, though. There's Alzheimer's. There's. There's all sorts of diseases. A person can get saved and then later have mental problems. That's, so, that yeah, is, that's, so there's two ways to look at that. But like you said, my thought is, did he ever believe the Bible? Right. Because how do you get saved unless you do believe the Bible? So he might not now, but did he ever? If he never did, then I would question, is he even saved? Yeah. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. Praise God. 
Yeah. Don't believe what anything in the Bible. I mean, that's yeah, that's that's kind of hard to do. To, to it's hard, yeah. Nothing in the yeah. Bible. <laughs> really hard. I mean, you really got to go out of your way to believe nothing in the Bible, especially right now, because I mean, exactly. Like, how can you? How can you? Like, I think that that Robert, you led off with it. How could you not see that Israel became a nation again in 1948? Everyone knows that. I mean, Israel is in a war right now. So even if people weren't paying attention, they know there's a war going on and they know one of the nation is Israel. So uh, they also know that Israel was not a nation before. Mm-hmm. Question from Valerie. Says, <laughs> says, have you considered regarding the sign in October that the child comet could be the sign that the Antichrist has been born. Just me thinking Satan likes to mimic well, Christ. I don't yeah, think well, the Antichrist is born. Christ I born. think he has to be 33 or yeah. at least that old. So they, yeah. I don't think we've got another 33 years on this. But could yeah. it mark that he's about to come to power? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I'm you looking know, at that again and rethinking. Like I said, signs are for the Jews. We saw something happen for the Jews. So, okay. Um, when is the rapture? No idea. Right. All I know is it's very soon, and I'm starting to think of the Psalms chapter 90, is it? It says three score and then a 10, and then we fly away. What if we have to wait until they're 80, and that's when the rapture is? I don't want to wait another two years or three years. Um, so, but I'm wondering. Go ahead. Tell me what you guys think. Well, um, what's interesting with what's happening with the child comet right now is it just left Virgo, and it's on its, on its way now to the Libra, which is the judgment scales. Mm-hmm. Now, if that comet represents the body of Christ, the man-child, us, the church, that would mean, one, the, the first of all, it was born, and it traveled to the judgment scales. And what's the judgment scales? Well, that's Revelation 5-9, where we are before Christ at his throne, standing before Jesus, giving him praise, thanking him for redeeming us from the earth, and then what happens after that? He begins declaring judgments by opening up the seals and reading what's in the scroll. Exactly. So we are in, we are with Jesus in heaven, making the judgments with him because we're his governing body in heaven. All right. And as, as, as interesting now, like I said, that the, the comet, it, the child comet is now going into the judgment scales now. So perhaps when it gets there, we go. I don't know. You know, something yeah. to think about. You know what's amazing is there's always something going on that's pointing to the rapture. <laughs> it's yeah. like, you always, know, you can't always. get away from it. If you if you if you have eyes to see and you have ears to hear, I mean, we just heard Bob say something. You hear other people all the time. You see things. And it's like you can make a case for the rapture every day. <laughs> You're like, mm-hmm. because this thing happened or this thing happened. And I think that's really a, a good place to be is that you're recognizing the signs that we are getting very close to that and that you're not going to be surprised and be caught unaware. You're going to be ready. You have your lamp full of oil. You are ready to go. And when that day happens, you will be taken and the door will be open for you. And I think that's the place where you really need to be right now. And I think that a lot of the majority of our uh, viewing audience absolutely is because they come in here and they say, did you see this person say this and this person say that everyone's got their theories and guesses and this and like that. And that's fine. But, I mean, of course, we all know God set the date in eternity past. It's an appointed day that he set. Man mm-hmm. can't set a date. God did it. And we're just waiting for that day to happen. And we are ready to go. But in the meantime, we are working. We are we are spreading Amen. the gospel. Yes. We are edifying. We are gathering together all the more so as we see the day approaching. 
Brother Greg, that's your cue for the shofar. Oh yeah, the, the shofar. Yeah, we got we got to do that. Uh, here we go. There it is. <laughs> Amen. Uh, I don't know how to answer that question. I just looked at it. I don't know. It, it it makes it look like in the verse it's talking about Jews. So maybe some hidden Jews. The Jews are hiding. Oh, all I, I can think know. are the uh, two witnesses. Okay, perhaps. that's all I can think of right yeah. there. I seen um, uh, Stephen Benjamin do a study on this, and he's totally convinced that the t the hidden ones are uh, the two witnesses. Hmm. So, which one I don't know, that sounds pretty plausible to me. Some yeah. people in the chat said uh, the hundred forty four thousand. So, I mean, I think everyone's yeah. got their their theories on on who those hidden ones are. Um, hmm. The nice thing is, though, is when we're resurrected, uh, we'll know. Yeah, yeah. yeah when we get true. to heaven, we'll know instantly. Yeah, yeah. we'll know. Yeah. This one here is from Derek. It says, can you help me, please help me understand Revelation 2.9 and 3.9. And I have those two verses right here. Revelation 2.9 says, I know thy works and tribulation and poverty. And I know the blasphemy of them, which say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. And then you go to 3.9 where it says, Behold, I make them the behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which they say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet, and I know that I have and they and to know that I have loved thee. Okay. Mm -hmm. So basically question. it's the synagogue of Satan. So mm -hmm. opinions on that. Well, I'm glad they brought that up because I mentioned that in the videos that I told you that I've done. And that the, a lot of people today are saying that the people in Israel that claim to be Jews aren't the true Jews. And that there's Ashkenazi Jews, there's uh, Hasidic Jews. There, the only thing that I can say is it's a nation and the people that live in that nation are Israelites in the nation. And you can become a Jew many different ways. You can be part of the seed. Or you can convert to the law by snip, snip, circumcision. Or you can just go to the nation and say, I want to be a citizen. So I don't know who the true Jews are and who the Jews aren't. And I don't need to know because the Bible says God will protect them in the tribulation. So whoever they are, they're there and they will be protected. But with that stated also, um, the synagogue of Satan, that must be the false Jews who worship the devil instead of the true God. And we know they exist, and the international bankers, the ones behind all that, are called the Rothschilds. <laughs> and the mm -hmm. Rothschilds claim to be Jews. And if you look at them, they're way up in the Illuminati. And they're... So I see a false Jew, a lineage of people claiming to be Jews that aren't, but I also see there's got to be the true Jews because God made a promise forever to them, and he doesn't lie. So I don't think God made me the judge to go around and say who's the true Jews and who's not. I'm going to leave that in God's hands. All I know is they're there, and he knows who they are. That's the best way I can explain it. Nice. All right. Let's see here. Let's see what's around here. I didn't read this one. It said, where do all these people in Gaza go? They have nowhere to go. Egypt don't want them. So do they go to Judea as prophesied in Bible? Boy, I feel <laughs> So sorry for these people, man. So these people are by Mark Twain or Samuel Clemens. You know Samuel yeah. Clemens, Mark Twain? Yeah. He actually went around 1860-something to Jerusalem. Uh -huh. He went all throughout Egypt. He rode donkeys through the desert and went to Jerusalem. 
And there's a book called Innocence Abroad by Samuel Clemens or Mark Twain. And it's his journal of everything he saw there. And when he went to Israel, when he went to Jerusalem, there's nobody. I mean, yeah. there are very few people that lived in that land at that time. And they were all nomads. So they had no land they owned. They were just traveling around. So that land belonged to the Jews, according to the Bible, and no one lived there. And he documents that. And he says, man, this place is desolate. And that's why all the people that believed in replacement theology said, see, God's done with the Jews. <laughs> well, now all of a sudden, all these people are showing up and saying, oh, that's our land. I don't believe it. I believe that's part of the plot to try to overthrow the Jews. And they're coming in there and saying, oh, no, we're, we're the true. And what that is, is people going into a land that's not theirs to try to take it over. Now, where have we seen that before? Well, we're seeing that in England right now. All throughout England, there's riots in the streets and they're screaming free Palestine because they came illegally from Africa and other places and the government has let them in. We're seeing that in America. We're seeing that in Europe. And that's the plan of the Islamists to take over the world because they have lots of kids and they come into those nations and take over. And so I think that those aren't the true people. And I think that's part of a plot to try to get rid of the Jews out of their own land. You know what's so really sad, they, though? That's a good question. Where do they you know go? Where do they come from? Well, you know, what's, you know what's sad, though? The, the saddest part of it is that they're, these, the people that are there are being used as pawns. Because, exactly. they, because you mentioned it earlier. They, they were provided places to go. Okay? Yes. They, they were provided Syria. They were provided Jordan. They were provided these places to go. When, when, you know, after World War II, basically, I mean, it was like, here are the places for the Arabs. Here is the place for the Jews. And yet none of those countries would take them in. And the reason why is because they want to use them as pawns in order to say that we have a plight and that we're oppressed so that they can make a case to wipe out the Jewish nation. That's exactly what, 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 we're, what we're seeing today. They, they just use, they use them, and these other countries will not take them in because their underlying motive is to wipe out the Jewish state. And that's, they want to, we just right. saw it in Psalm 83. They want to push Israel to the sea. They even sing that song, right? They say, from, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. And, mm-hmm. and, and so it's like, but then you ask them, well, what happens to the, to Israel and the Jews that are there? And and you should see their faces because I've seen like videos of them. And they just kind of freeze up and they're like, "Free Palestine, free." See, and they don't even know what they're saying. They don't even know that they're actually calling for the genocide. But the That's ones right. who do are the ones who are feeding those people that they're sheep, basically. You're um, right, and you know jump. most most of those people in Gaza were re- relocated there by Israel. But they were giving money to them to support them. They were giving food. They were giving them everything they need. And Hamas was taking that and turning it into guns and weapons. So Hamas was taking the goodwill of Israel and turning it against them. They destroyed hundreds and hundreds of greenhouses there. As Mm -hmm. as soon as they got in there, they said these were built by Jews and they just destroyed it. And so, and then they say, we have no food. I mean, but they're doing, see, they're doing it to themselves in order to ultimately get a, the end goal of having the world propaganda and having the world on their side to say, oh, look at the plight of these people. The Jews are terrible. To and an it, look at it's working to, to a degree. Let's be honest. Yeah. To an extent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, go ahead. But where do they go? Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> that, that's, that, yeah. that's the plight. They really should be going into Jordan, Egypt, 
Saudi Arabia, the places that were basically there. It makes no sense to put a person like that in a Western country. It makes no sense. No. They're not going to acclimate. I mean, at no. least put them in some place that where they're there with their fellow people. You know, Eastern people, I mean, right? Yeah. Speaking of, Tina here has a question. There it says uh, a lot of people around here are saying we're in a thousand year reign. Well, where are they getting this oh, from? That Jehovah's sounds like preterism. That's yeah. like preterism. Jehovah's yeah. Witnesses, right? Well, yeah. But preterism was big, like two thousand years, you know, a thousand five hundred years ago. I mean, but after a thousand years, it you you gotta wonder, like it's gotta fall apart at that point, you know? Yeah. Because where's where is Christ? Christ is not reigning. We're not ruling and reigning. I, I don't see people living for 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 hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. I mean, there's a lot of things that are that go on during the millennium that's n- simply not happening now. And by the way. As far, far as I know, uh, Satan is actually thrown into a bottomless pit. And I, I can guarantee you that Satan is not in a bottomless pit right now. He is roaming the earth, seeking someone to devour, and he's doing <laughs> it got, every single right. day. Very active. You, got, you got demons. You got uh, Satan. They're all thrown into that pit. You don't have demons walking the earth. So why are we people getting in, people being possessed and you're catching these demons on film. I mean, they're all over the place. Proof of them is everywhere. So how can anybody even possibly think that is we're anyone, in a millennial reign right now? Is anyone mourning and there's, saying that a 100-year-old is like a baby? I, I don't think so. I mean, there's just a lot of things <laughs> that are just out of whack with that kind of thinking. Yeah, don't listen to these people. They don't know. Yeah, don't. Yeah, about. don't listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> I got a friend better, of mine. It's that better does. to stick with the Bible and not somebody yeah. else. And, and and Kevin, you brought up the point before where Jesus says it will be like a time time unlike any other. Yeah. And will never be again. I mean, look at the the earth is devastated. Right. <laughs> after after the point of tribulation, after Definitely. all these judgments, you would mm-hmm. there would be an observ- observable uh, science, yeah. I think, to it. Also, if if this thing happened, if well, when Jesus returns happened, on the Mount of Olives, the, it's there, there's a splits. there's an earthquake that happened and it splits from east to west, Split. basically goes right into the oh, temple, sure. and sure. and probably destroys the temple and the if the Dome of the Rock is still there, it probably destroys that too because you're talking about going directly from the Mount of Olives right into the Temple Mount and yeah. splitting it. So has that happened? Is the Kidron Valley split? No, it's right there. These Muslim graves there blocking the eastern gate. The eastern gate's also still shut. So th- there's th- look at we could go on for an hour. Oh yeah. Why, why? But I mean, I think we've given you what fifteen to twenty reasons why it's. <laughs> so I think that might be. Want to do one more question here? Because the last one here, I figure. <laughs> so this one's on salvation here from uh, Angie to Brother Breaker. It says, "Will all saved people get raptured?" Will all saved get into the new Jerusalem? Right. So, so I, I assume they're asking saved today in the church age. Well, that's yeah, what the rapture is for. Everyone who's saved is sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. So that'd be good to pull up Ephesians 1.13. And 13 is great, but also in context, 14, Ephesians 3, Ephesians 1.13 and 14. So when you're saved, you're sealed with the Holy Spirit. It can't leave. So it's what takes you up at the rapture. So, yes, all people that are saved today will be raptured. Now, people say, well, what if they're living in sin? What if they're backslidden? Well, they'll lose rewards, but you don't lose the Holy Spirit. Because it says in Ephesians 1, 13 and 14, in whom you also trusted after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that you believed, 
ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Now watch verse 14, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. Amen. So we're sealed with the Holy Spirit. It's the earnest of our inheritance. So we are going to heaven if we're saved. The Holy Spirit is sealed inside. And then is the redemption of your body. That's the rapture. So right, if you're saved, God. you're not left behind. Can, can you if put the question behind, back? Because you weren't saved. That's that simple. Go ahead. Okay. If you put the question back, uh, Bob, uh, Brother Bob, it's because it refers to last week. We'll all save get into New Jerusalem. That was, uh, and Kevin, as uh, because last week we had a guest that kind of brought it up. Yeah, so, it's in regards to the gospel of the kingdom. So that's what yes. that's what they're talking about. Because in the yeah. New Jerusalem, it talks about that some people won't be able to enter through the gates, and that's what you were alluding to, saying that you can lose your rewards, you can also lose an inheritance as well. But you, but but that's like very specific cases on very specific things. Yeah. Paul mentions those things three different times and lists those you know sins that you're willfully constantly doing that will disqualify you and will not inherit the kingdom of God. But, you know, but let, we, we discussed that last week. Oh, but, yes. Uh, you know, the key is, is that you're saved. You're, you're, you're going to be good. And, and the key is when you're saved, bear some good fruit. You'll get rewarded for it. And I think that's, uh, that's really the key that, that we left with last week is, yeah. you know, bearing good fruit, doing good works after you're saved is good. Doing good works before you're saved It doesn't really matter because I mean you're you're not no. saved, so you're not going to get any reward if you're not. It doesn't saved. count. <laughs> mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah, I was mentioning uh, Luke seventeen uh, verse twenty twenty one says Jesus says it said here uh, and when he was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God this we're talking about the kingdom when the kingdom of God should come. He answered them and said, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation, neither shall they say, Lo, here, or lo, there. For behold, the kingdom of God is within you. So once Amen. you receive the kingdom, you never lose it. That's It's right. within you, the Holy Spirit. right? His kingdom is everywhere. His kingdom is all throughout the entire universe. Yes. Okay. So to say you lose the kingdom, you never mm -hmm. lose the kingdom. The kingdom's within you, the Holy Spirit. Okay. Well, there, you mean, have his also, uh you 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 are given his name. Yeah. Okay, there's born also, again the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Kingdom of heaven, there, kingdom there, of God. I think it was what, what, we were, what we were referring to last week was like when it says there's a gates and stuff like that, and no no you know, no nobody that is can defile defile it can enter and so forth, and that there's healing of the nations and so forth that happen for eternity. So there is a specific area kingdom area that is not traversable by some but mm -hmm. like i said specific cases millennium and even after the millennium that's uh, that's yeah, why i said even after the exactly. let's stick with our dispensation right now once saved always yeah. saved amen amen yeah. i think uh, i think amen. uh this might be dealing with people who are born during the millennial reign perhaps right. you know they're under a different uh jurisdiction we're not under this jurisdiction Yeah, it'll be different. Amen. It's different for us than it is right. for them. Okay. The important thing is to understand 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 4. That's the gospel. If you understand the blood of Christ, what was shed for you, then you understand and you can be saved. But mm. before that, if you don't understand 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 4, 
don't bother asking questions because you're not saved. You must right. be saved through the blood of Christ. That's very important. That's mm -hmm. our dispensation. Once this is done, then you're saved. And for our dispensation, you go with the rapture, and that's it. Yeah, once you're saved, you 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 believe that you're crucified with Christ on the cross. That that it's no Amen. longer you who live, but Christ yes, who Amen. lives through you. And that's that's when you start walking the, with the in the spirit, as Bob mentioned in his last video, walking in the spirit and then uh, bearing good good works, good fruit. Amen. That's that's the Amen. Christian life. That's what Thanks, that's God. what we we are aspired to to do. That's what Paul explains what. This is what you should do. And these are the things you should not do. And he's talking to the believer. And, uh, and it's very important to uh, to do those things. Amen. Get excited. Thank you, Amen. Come on, Amen. folks. Come on. We're going Get home excited. soon. Yep. Yeah. We are. We are going home soon. I'd like to hear Kevin on the, on the date of the uh, rapture. <laughs> the, well, the, the rapture is on the day of the rapture, and that's all we know. We, and I, 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 I was going to ask Robert earlier if he knew what the day of the um, – that's my quote, yeah. Uh, but I was going to ask Robert if he knew the day of the rapture, but he already said that he didn't know. So I didn't even no, have to ask we don't. him. Yeah. I, I think we're in that ball, we're in the ballpark now, aren't we, of the tribulation? This World War Three is going to lead us into it. You know, we're going to, you know, it's going to the fifth floor. We're getting dropped off at the third. You know, it's like we're not going all the way through the war, I believe. Okay. I think I really do this war. We, we leave somewhere within this war. World War One lasts for six years. World mm. War Two lasted for four and a half years. Mm. Okay. So how long will, will World War Three last? Three and a half years? Mm. Like you're talking to before, Brother Breaker. Okay. But the, the, the war, the war, contains elements of the four horsemen which are released are released on the earth after we're in heaven because revelation 5 9 says we got to be there when jesus makes those declarations amen so nuclear war that's a red horse of war man that's a he said the bible said he's given a great sword what do you do with a great sword that's a great weapon mass mm. destruction okay so imagine Red Horse Rider showing up after the world gets decimated by nukes. He's like, I'm going to bring war. <laughs> I don't have to do anything here. My job's already done. I mean, there's uh, the other thing, too, is that you, we've been talking about this, Robert, for like the last six months, especially saying there's there's this blurring of lines that seems to be like starting to really happen where like the ages are you can see them starting to come to a head, you know, like one ending and the other beginning. And mm -hmm. it's like, there's this transition period of time that we're, that we're in here, which is transitioning into the seven year tribulation. And we feel like we're just on the right on the cusp of it. Sure. Yeah. Somebody asked, how long do I think the war will be? I have no idea. Um, well, but it, however long it needs to be, <laughs> but for the whole world to turn against Israel and for them to have a seven year whatever peace agreement or something but yeah. you know this thing could go on for several years or it could just how until the rapture maybe i don't know how long will it go after the rapture will it go after the rapture or is the rapture what helps start the the seven-year peace tree i don't know right. i well, wish think i could answer that but i don't want to answer what i don't know for sure yeah amen we could speculate like uh for example passover um they're going to be uh you know they want to start sacrificing at passover 
and the war may just go up until Passover. You know, well, yeah, they, that, you know, the last war was the Yom, the um, Yom Kippur War. That was a Jewish feast. The one before that was the Six Days War. That had to do with a uh, day of the week that was for Israel. So, could the war end on some sort of Jewish feast? What if Passover was when it was over? Yeah. And that's that what, um, it's just it's not coincidence that the Muslims attacked when they did. They mm. knew that the Jews were celebrating a 50th year uh, jubilee, so they're. They're attacking them. It's like here in America, you know, they would attack us on, I don't know, Christmas or some day that they know a lot of people. So it's just incredible. And I just, you can't help but see God's fingerprints on it, how it all ties back to the Bible. And that's what this whole thing was about. It's let's get back to the Bible. We need to read our Bibles and we need to realize that this whole thing, God is allowing it in order to bring it back on the heads of the bad guys, just like Hammond got what he got. And but in the meantime, how sad how many people are going to be killed. Well, um, yeah, God, God has set all this up to, to happen. So many people have been saying this this war would with and Israel and, uh, you know, and Gaza would never happen if Trump was president. Well, Trump's yeah. not president. So the yeah. fact is that this war is happening. I mean, God is the one who sets up rulers and takes away rulers. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. he's the one who controls it all. Yeah, I know, Trump. Sorry, you didn't. You're not in, but there, God has a reason for that. You know, it's it, uh, it's and to, maybe maybe he gets back in. Maybe he does. They found some fraud or something. Wouldn't that be wild? I've always wondered <laughs> if that's not a deadly wound that is healed, you know, but no, that's. Uh, but considered that as well. Oh, that's for another. That's for another broadcast. We want peace. Oh yeah. So just, you know, could he be the antichrist? I don't know, but <laughs> at the same time, the whole world loves the antichrist. So I know they don't <laughs> love that guy, but no. it's just, um, I don't know. I don't want to say anything good or bad about the man. You know, yeah. I just I know that God used him for Israel, and that, that yes. was his purpose. Yeah. Well, and you're watching. His purpose yeah. is to continue. I don't know. Yeah. Well, you're watching. We're watching. We're all taking note and oh, uh, yes. of what's going on. And certainly, we're we don't know all the answers, but we are still watching, and we're still right. we we know just the conversions, the biblical prophetic convergence. It's here now. Uh, so it's reason to get excited. Like I said, folks, it really is. Um, if you haven't been excited before, get excited now because exactly. we're only yeah. uh, stone throws, you know, get excited away. and get prepared. Yeah. Oh you. man. Prepared because we don't know what we'll see before the rapture. And now is the time to witness. Now is the time to pass out tracks because if yeah. the internet is turned off tomorrow and there's an EMP pulse or a global, are you going to be out in the streets witnessing when they're rioting and killing people? Are you going to yeah. be inside with your with your bulletproof vest on? Now is the time to get out there yeah. and tell people the truth. Now is the because time. We might not now have this opportunity time. through this means to reach so many people Amen. in the future. Once right. once you're saved, you can always go to Second Timothy two fifteen, study to show thyself approved. But yeah. be careful because if you start studying, you might get. Uh, a lot of uh, wantedness, if I may say. You want more and more and more and more, and that's what's going to trigger yeah. you to a bunch of like us. I love that. <laughs> Be careful about studying because it's going to suck all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But I think this is a good place to, good spot to stop. And I, thank awesome. you so much, Amen. missionary evangelist mm-hmm. Robert Breaker, for coming on with us again. Oh, yes, um, sir. Always a pleasure having you. And um, we'll 
we'll see what happens, right? Uh, we'll see what happens in the coming coming days. And, coming, and I recommend everyone read Romans 11. If you want to see how this whole thing ends for Israel, Romans 11 is just perfect way. If you get a chance, there's your homework. Romans 11. Romans 11, Amen. folks. Write it down. Romans 11. Amen. Thank, thank you all. You so much. God bless Richard. you. Sure God bless everybody. Bye. God bless.